Oh, hey there. What is this? Fishing lures in the back? Dollar store fishing lures. Um, good afternoon, everybody. I was going to start with Dylan Mulvaney, uh, but our guests are in the back. But don't worry. We'll be getting to a couple of... Um, they are distractions. They're going to be like the, the, the sorbet in between meals that cleanses your palate so that we can have a, a bit of a laugh at the lamentable state of the universe while we um, internally cry at the lamentable state of the universe. Today's show, uh, short notice, as always, it's Monday and I was going to take the day off and just cut clips from yesterday's stream. The world does not, continu the world does not cease to continue spinning. Uh, Jason Levine and Patriot Smoothie are in Ottawa at Tamara Lich's trial. So they have some time. I said we're going to bring him on right now to do an update in that trial. Uh, the witnesses of the day, this is Tamara Leach's um, and Chris Barber. Mischief? Incitement of mischief? Yada, yada, yada. Okay, look, while everyone trickles in, share the link around. I'm going to blast it back out on Twitter. We got in the backdrop Jason Levine and Patriot Smoothie, whose name? I, I don't know his real name, so we're going to have to find that out first. First and foremost, okay. So starting off the show, Tamara Lich, Jason, and Patriot Smoothie bringing you in three, two, one. Gentlemen, how goes the battle? The battle's going awesome here, Viva. It's a great day. The sun's out. Everybody's out. We saw Tamara. We saw Chris. We got to spend some time with them this morning. They're in great spirits. They don't seem to be worried. Uh, they did let us know, though, that it looks like there's going to be additional days packed on again. Uh, so we're not sure how long this particular trial is going to last. But now we're on to Zexy Lee who seems to be the star witness for the Crown at this stage, especially with her class action lawsuit that she brought up during some of the testimony. Well, hold on. Before we even get there, we're at day 16. That is day 16 of Tamara Lich and Chris Barber's mischief, incitement of mischief, obstruction of justice. Okay. And we're not even ha we don't even know how much is left because they're going to reschedule for next week, looking into December. First of all, Jason Levine, everybody knows who you are, but just in case, give us the, the elevator pitch sure i'm a podcaster out of alberta i, I do a uh, breath in alberta i do a podcast quite today every day not on your times i go and make sure that you're on as well uh, i cover a lot of the coot situation the alberta lawsuits especially the ingram decision so i flew out here i actually drove out here to uh, catch up with tamara and chris to follow this trial and i'm also going to stick around for the pat king stuff later too so i'll be around for a little while and then right, I'm and a, and a patriot smoothie right yeah so uh my name's john just i know you were wondering there viva <laughs> So it's John, uh, go by Patriot Smoothie. I'm an independent reporter and a political commentator. I've been covering this trial since the first day. So I've witnessed a lot of the things that have happened here and I'm happy to be on. All right, so Patriot Smoothie, you, you've been there since day one for 16 days of this trial. And the funny thing is I was catching up on it this morning and I watched your 18 or was it 12 minute video from outside the courthouse. Um, okay, so I mean, let's just summarize where we're at in this trial. Uh, this is Tamara Lich, Chris Barber, uh, it's uh, mischief, incitement of mischief, obstruction of justice. Uh, we're in day 16. Is it still the prosecution presenting its case? Yes. Yes, it is. So I'll just give you a brief synopsis of the situation. So, yes, it is day 17 today, actually, just to, to get that out. That's fine. And it's still the Crown's case. The Crown was supposed to originally have 10 days and the defense was supposed to have six. Uh, the trial was scheduled to end this last Friday. Clearly, that hasn't happened. Uh, pertaining to dates, we know that we have the entirety of this day, of this week, all set up. But after the this Friday, we don't know where it's going from there. We don't know. Uh, we were thinking that it was going to be most of October, except for a three-day break, and then the first of November. That's all out the window. So I'm not comfortable talking about dates anymore. It seems to change by the day. Um, 
I, I suspect we're going to need more than just this week as the Crown, again, still, uh, the defense has a six-day case to make. That was before the inclusion of these eight additional witnesses, which we are hearing from the six of those right now, Zexi Lee. We've got two more civilian witnesses today to hear from uh, of that package. So I anticipate that it's a possibility the defense will end up uh, calling additional witnesses other than the ones they may have intended. They indicated this earlier in the trial that if they were going to have people come out and testify, I didn't like the protest, I experienced terror, I had smells invading my property, and so on, that the defense indicated they would then uh, potentially call other witnesses to speak to how they enjoyed the protest or how it, it, it made them feel hopeful at a time where they'd given up on everything. Uh, so I, for scheduling, it's very unclear what's going to happen from this point. Uh, as far as what we've seen in the trial so far, again, what I just kind of touched on, people speaking about the smell of things, about diesel and gasoline, and how it would, uh, one person literally said it invaded uh, the church. One of the witnesses on Friday or Thursday said it invaded her church property, invaded it. Like a marching, and, and I added <laughs> on the commentary, like an invading army. That's the imagery in my head. And then a lot of the witnesses, and I'll let Jason speak to today's uh, witness because I want, I'll, I'll let him have that. But a lot of the witnesses using the word occupation and, and, and my space was occupied. Even on Friday, we had a witness from OC Transpo uh, Natalie Hano, who's an event coordinator, she's somebody there. She, uh, I found the first part of her testimony before the afternoon break very matter of fact. Very, it was just like, okay, the, we we detoured these roads. We had we had to do it because buses need longer areas to turn. After that break, I found her testimony kind of changed a little bit. And uh, she was using the word uh, she used the word occupied to describe the corner of Rideau and Sussex. Um, we've heard a lot about that corner. And that the the LRT door was was closed there because that space was occupied. So that L was an interesting. What's LRT? So that's the light the light rail transit uh, service here in Ottawa. And actually, funnily, you mentioned that uh, Greenspan had a little bit of a joke there. He's like, "You are aware you're just you know." He's like, "You describe the LRT as a service. You are aware you are under oath." So because we have a lot of issues in Ottawa with the LRT. Um, I, I do, I, I'm old enough to remember when Occupy Wall Street was a good thing and not a bad thing. I mean, it's it's so preposterous. Okay, but hold on. Back it all the way up a little bit. They've been on, the, the prosecution has been presenting its case for 16 days. That is nothing short of astonishing. Uh, have there been technical delays that have resulted in just wasted days in, in their entirety? Oh, oh, for sure. We've had a lot of issues with the television system inside the court and getting it to sync up properly between the different the two or three television screens in the courtroom, uh, that has costed hours of delays. Uh, we've had other issues, but uh, that's the big one that sticks out for me. Um, there's been issues because of the legal arguments. There's been a ton of legal arguments, which I'm not going to go into heavily. I'm not a legal expert, but there's been a lot of delays because of these arguments. So everything uh, is... Okay, now, and 16 days. So who had... Hold on, I just lost my window. Um, who has the prosecution brought up? I, I know that they had their, like, investigator there he was there for what five days sure um they've called up quite a few police witnesses they've called up from the top of my head a homicide detect ops homicide <laughs> homicide detective ops is is ottawa police services homicide detective okay yes um ottawa police uh inspector russell lucas uh ottawa police service officer barlow sorry forget his first name Sort of Quebec, uh, Captain Martel, if I recall correctly, he was testifying about the guys in the olive suits and their actions during the police uh, clearing. So he was speaking to that. So we've had police witnesses. We've had some city witnesses, including Kim Ayotte, the uh, current 
general manager for the city of Ottawa when it comes to emergency services and preparedness. He also testified at the POEC, you may recall. We also had another city witness. We had uh, the former chief of staff to former Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson, uh, Serge Arpin, testify. So we've heard from quite a variety of witnesses at this point, uh, including the residences from Thursday and Friday testifying against the convoy leaders. And and what is the bulk, without getting into the details, what's the essence of the testimony of all of these people? That there was a protest, it caused some obstruction on the streets, and, and that's sure, about it? This is something the defense was admitting to from the set, from the set, from the beginning with the admissions too. They were trying to admit that there was a disruption of the enjoyment of property in Ottawa during the protest. Um, and they've admitted that, like they've admitted there was a disruption. The Crown, of course, has rejected that admission because they say they framed it to their benefit. And <laughs> the judge agreed with them ultimately in that to leave their case as they see fit. So, but I think it's a good thing. But the, wit the testimony we're hearing, Aviva, uh, is concerning the horns, the noises, the smells, a couple people testifying about urination and feces, including today, I'll let Jason touch on that, and other things. But uh, no no allegations of serious violence. In fact, I can't, I remember because I believe it was OPS Inspector, Ottawa Police Service Inspector Russell Lucas was testifying, and he mentioned swarming constantly, the language swarming, swarming. My officers, he, he's in charge of bylaw services, not police. He's like, my officers uh, felt unsafe, my officers were swarmed, and on cross-examination, I believe it was uh, Diane Magus, who said, when you say swarming, you don't refer to a, a violent altercation. No, there was a verbal exchange. So very important. <laughs> There's a picture being painted with the language here that doesn't match the reality of what happened. We're, we're hearing words like occupation, which is, of course, legally a armed takeover of an area and the transfer of power to that armed takeover, right, by an armed force that completely takes over the area. That's the legal international definition we've heard in court several times. That's not what happened. They said they felt occupied the witnesses, that they felt like their space was taken from them. That's what we're hearing. Uh, okay, so I mean, that, that's that's an amazing use of 16 days of, of trial time. The big question, so you had you have all of your police force guys who are gonna say that it was terrible, it was, an it was an occupation, they parked their cars and people couldn't get through, except we all know that, you know, they could get through with emergency services and everything. Right. The debate of the day today was whether or not to allow eight witnesses to testify. Um, did that debate occur last week or did it occur this morning? Uh, you're talking about the debate of whether those these uh, so these eight civilian witnesses were yes. allowed to testify? Yes. So that debate has been ongoing for the duration of the trial. The decision was rendered by Justice Heather Perkins McVeigh this previous just this last Wednesday. She decided to side with the Crown and to dismiss the defense's application to have these witnesses excluded. So that's why we're having Zexy Lee testify today, for example. That's why we heard from the previous five witnesses. And then we have two more after her. So that argument's been heard throughout the length of the trial. Okay. And these, these, the basis of the defense's motion to exclude the witnesses, is that to not have them testify or to have them excluded from the courtroom? So, yeah, to, to not have them testify, basically, as I understand, and I'm fairly accurate, I'm fairly sure this is accurate, the defense's position was more or less that these witnesses' testimony is not legally relevant because they are, they are tendering this admission that the enjoyment of property was interfered with. And they argued that these witnesses would have no more probative uh, sort of value to add to this uh, other than, and they wouldn't have a tremendous amount of specifics. They would speak to feelings or to impact. Of, as we heard, they were, there were concerns from the defense that these testimonies would divulge into um, what essentially is an impact statement, which would, of course, only be legally necessary if and when there's a conviction at the end of trial. So they were concerned about impact being introduced during the trial, impact evidence, impact statements, sorry. And that the evidence would have limited legal 
uh, like um, relevance in consideration of the admission that they've made. Okay. The judge and does not agree. No, I cannot. I mean, look, typically the judge would want to err on the side of allowing more evidence than dismissing or not allowing evidence. So understood. You get these eight witnesses. They're civilians. Are they all members of the class action lawsuit that is currently um, pending? So interesting question. Um, the defense is uh, I've noticed a, line, a very specific line of questioning from the defense concerning these witnesses. And it would come. The first question they ask is, are you aware of a class action lawsuit in Ottawa? And then the second question, if they said yes, would be, are have you without any details because of privilege i assume have you taken any steps to participate mm -hmm. and so of the five witnesses we've heard from so far before zexy lee which i'll allow just uh jason to talk about uh the previous five witnesses three of them have admitted that they've heard of it and that they are participating in some way <laughs> it's so, so it's fine and not to say that it would under it wouldn't contradict their testimony but it would certainly make it motivated that they have to testify here in a way that uh supports and doesn't contradict their for those who don't know it's a class action lawsuit against the protesters, the organizers, I think some of the businesses who par who participated, and I think what it's it's a three hundred and fifty million dollar class action lawsuit now. It's a lot of money, whatever it is. It's at least <laughs> it's, 300 it's, it's 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 hundreds of millions. It started off as ten million, and now it's much more. I think uh, somebody's somebody's hoping for a payday. All right, and so today we had five of those witnesses, including Zexy Lee, who is the young federal employee. I was trying to find some information on her, not in terms of uh, doxing, but rather potential political motivations, federal employee. Jason, do we know anything about Zexy Lee as a, an individual, as a human, as a pol potentially political party in this lawsuit? No political party information, but we know she's a resident. She works for CRA, so she's a data analysis and she enters in data for the CRA. CRA, and for those who don't know, is Canada Revenue Agency. There's probably a lot of Americans watching. So she works for the government in terms of collecting taxes. Okay. Sorry, now, we, on, did, Jason. we did hear from her, though, that she had difficulties working. She couldn't sleep mm -hmm. and it, it was interfering her work because she was a remote worker at the time. But let me set the stage mm -hmm. for you there, Aviva. The very first thing that happened was she wasn't in the courtroom when she was called. And then she was escorted in by two large security guards who are police officers to protect her. So from the very, very, very moment she walked in, she's victimized. She's definitely going to be protected. And she went and sat down and started giving her testimony. Now, very, let, let, let me stop you there, though. Were other witnesses also escorted in with police? Is this protocol to bring them in, or was this unique to Zexy Lee? Um, so I can speak to that question. Um, the previous witnesses, uh, typically the, the, I don't know what you would call it, but the officer who sits with the crown would sometimes come and get them. But with this particular witness, I've noticed an additional officer, and the judge said herself, we have two officers with her. So there is an additional <laughs> officer for her. Um, uh, but there is typically one, and he's a, he's a larger man who will go out and, and get them. Yeah, I think, I mean... I, I think it's sort of like a, not a bailiff, but a court. It's a court dude. Uh, as I understand it, these these detectives are just there for the Crown's case and that there is a, uh, a regular uniformed officer at the back of the court who is acting as the uh, court officer, to my understanding. That would be the bailiff. Yeah. yeah. So, All right. so, so Zexy Lee has extra security coming in because she's Correct. she's a she's a perceives herself to be something of a of a target for whomever the, that violent protest that swept up the sidewalks and salted the sidewalks and fed yeah. the homeless. OK, sorry. So. Um, okay, sorry, Jason, so carry on. We were at Zexy Lee coming in to testify. Yeah, so what I noticed with her immediately is she was using the scary word. So occupation came out quite a few times, so many times uh, that the defense actually objected to it, had a conversation in the absence of Zexy Lee, so she had to leave the courtroom. And the, the, the Crown was also kind of conceding that, yeah, we should be using demonstrators or protesters. So then when she returned, she was instructed to use those words instead. 
but what I also noticed there, Viva, is it sounded like the uh, statement of claim from the uh, class action lawsuit. So she hit all the major words. She said she saw an ambulance block, saw roads blocked, she saw intersections blocked, she saw feces and urine everywhere. She saw jerry cans in the back of her car or truck. She even mentioned how she thinks there was an air horn. And then when the defense probed her on that one and asked whether or not she saw one, she said no, she just presumed there was one under her car. But it did seem like she was going through her statement of claim, making sure that all of the items that are in the statement of claim are also mentioned during her examination in chief here. And, I, and I, the judge wasn't taken too kindly to some of the words she was using. Uh, so the, she did get reprimanded a little bit on, on sticking to uh, non-inflammatory words, as the judge put it. So I did, I did appreciate that the judge was looking for facts, not feelings on this one. Uh, she wasn't allowing uh, narratives to enter into the conversation or into the testimony. So she was doing a good job on keeping the narratives out. And each time Zexy had trouble uh, understanding the question and, and starting to get into her interpretation of the question, the judge or the defense would uh, clarify that for her. So I did see a lot of um, a guidance from the judge to keep her on facts, not feelings. And there was some speculation that creeped in, but she was able to pull it back. So I did, I did like to see that. Is she done testifying now? No. So we're in the middle of the cross-examination now. So the examination in chief is, is complete. We're now in cross-exam. I suspect we'll be done shortly after lunch, and then we'll get back into re-examination. But I got to tell you, the defense is doing a great job. Well, I was going to ask what the cross-examination, how's that going? Has she had any sort of breakdown moments or a few good men moments or... Well, we had a, uh, were you contradicting yourself moment. So when we're trying to clarify how often and, and how frequent was uh, the horn honking, she clar- she said during her testimony that it was consistent every second minute or so it was going. But then she got her dates all mixed up to the point where the defense was able to say, well, you said on the 7th it stopped, it ceased after the injunction. But now you're saying all the way to the 11th it kept going. So when she was probed, she, she couldn't provide specifics on dates, specifics on durations or times locations, types of sounds. It really started to fall apart under cross-examination, I got to tell you. Has has the cross-examination asked her about her testimony before the Commissioner Rouleau where they recognized or admitted that they were dropping eggs on the protesters who were no, parked on the street? No, not yet, not yet. But one thing that did come in was uh, she was being asked to clarify uh, whether or not she understood what peaceful, safe, and legal protesting was. And then she tried to obfuscate it, pretty close to the same claim if you read it, uh, trying to obfuscate it to be anything she felt it would be. This is where she was excused again. The judge had a conversation with the defense. The proper wording was agreed upon. She was brought back in. And then she was explained again to give the actual observations, not her uh, understanding. And at that time, she had a hard time agreeing with the uh, the original injunction. Her lawyer argued and her lawyer accepted that peaceful, safe, and uh, legal was acceptable. And then after about three or four times of asking the question from the defense to Zexy, she didn't really confirm that she understood what that meant. So then that's when the defense did bring an affidavit that she signed for the uh, injunction, of the acceptance of the injunction, where she did say in her affidavit she understood what that meant. So that was the way the defense brought that into the record. Couldn't bring it in directly through her, but brought it in through her affidavit from previous uh, court matter. Nothing from the POEC yet, though. I'm, I'm just sending out a tweet right now, just just uh, if anybody, if any of the cross-examination is watching, but what was the word that she used during the, the Rouleau Commission? She said some of the protesters had their little uh, revenge or little reprisals. I forget the word that she used, but she admitted that they were drop, throwing eggs at the protesters from the buildings. And from what I understand, those eggs were frozen as well, so or potentially frozen, which might have 
cause even more damage. Give me that testimony, yeah, but I'll, I'll let you know if we get to that this afternoon. Well, I, I just tweeted it out. So if anybody happens to see it there, because I'm going to look for the video because I know that I commented on it at the time. Smoothie, you got something to say. I just wanted to add one thing. I don't know if you want to talk about the testimony concerning the truck incident, if you wanted to mention Oh, absolutely. That. So let Jason mention Yeah, that. so during the, the examination in chief, she said that there was a truck honking or something along those lines. So she was trying to capture evidence because she felt it was a violation of the injunction. Uh, she's capturing pictures for audio things. I don't get that. But in either case, she said she took a picture of a truck, a, a pickup truck with jerry cans in the back. So there's one of those magic words, jerry cans. So she got that in there. And then she said it backed into her. This was under examination in chief. Under cross-examination, the defense asked, you, you testified it backed into you. And she said, correct. He goes, did it touch you? And she goes, no, I moved out of the way. So the vehicle didn't touch you. No, it didn't touch me. Did you call the police? Yes, I called the police. Did you make a report? They took an incident number, but they didn't make a report. So in examination in chief, she really laid it out. That it, looked, it sounded like that they were trying to attack her with the vehicle by backing into her. But in under the cross-examination, uh, it was very clear that no, not only was she not touched, no report was made. Did, and she uh, also didn't specify the date of that when she was yeah. asked about that. Such a traumatic incident. You know what, now that, now that I'm thinking of second question to ask her, did they ask Zexy Lee if the feces and urine of which she was complaining was from the truckers or from the homeless people that were displaced from Ottawa downtown into the rural areas uh, that upset so many people? Have they, have they gotten to that yet? Well, she testified that she saw it everywhere all the time. She even complained about the snow banks not being moved, the trash everywhere. She's describing something we've never seen in video, Viva, and you were there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've never seen the situation she's describing. I suspect the, the, the defense will get to that part after lunch. We're making our way through each of her statements, and we just basically got to the truck statement, and then we have a lunch break. Okay. Um, all right, so that's, that's, that's fine. And then, I mean, when is the prosecution or the Crown supposed to end with their, uh, close their case? Many days ago. So we are already in an extended time here. And after speaking to Chris this morning and tomorrow as well, they did indicate that they're expecting uh, some more additional days from the Crown side. Uh, Go for it, Patriot. Um, as I was saying earlier, they had originally sounded like in the different, uh, the, the JPTs that had happened in the, uh, and the, uh, the check-in dates that they had had, that they had arranged a basic schedule that was tentative. I had received information that it was viable, that it was going to go ahead, as I told you it would, for the rest of October, last three days, and then November 1st. That's out the window. But again, uh, as far as concrete, what I can say is that the Crown still has PLT witnesses to call. PLT is the, the, the power, plural, whatever. The liaison team. Yeah. Plural. Oh, okay. There was there was a legal issue. So I, I we were I was under the impression that it was Officer Isabella Sear and she was uh, earlier in the trial. But as I recall, she never quite completed her testimony and there was issues. And the big issue there, another legal argument was uh, the signal chat that these PLT officers had between themselves. There was a whole bunch of confusion leading up to this. At first, the defense thought it was a WhatsApp conversation. Then we learn, OK, it's a signal chat. It's a signal chat. All right. Let's can we have it? Then there was this huge delay in like from the beginning of the trial to now where the crown is trying to tender the signal chat in fact we're still having delays with this thing so the signal chat in it is between all these plt officers police liaison team ottawa police and they're having what what is probably very important communications about the state of what's happening on the ground which is probably very valuable to everybody and to the truth but to get it out it, it's been a mess they, they they tried to get this a long time ago it's still not here 
And they're still, so they now have the, the, the crown was like, okay, we'll, we'll give you it. We'll go through it. We'll make sure there's nothing important in there that can't be shared and we'll get it to you. So that happened. And as I understand, they probably disclosed most of that, but there's an issue because in those signal chats, there's other things coming up. The officers are sending each other links to emails or attachments. And then those things become issued to like a sub um, disclosure. So, mm -hmm. so now we know with that in regards to the email in that signal chat, there's, I believe somewhere in the 600 emails in these, in these signal chats, the crown has disclosed uh, several, a couple hundred of them, but are withholding uh, 400 of them. And so the defense wants those 400 emails. They've made it clear. We want everything. Give it to us. And the Greenspan was arguing that last Tuesday, he made that request in writing for the, that stuff because the judge wants everything in writing from this point for, from a long time ago forward. And that the Crown basically came out, I believe it was on Friday or, yeah, it was Friday, and said, well, we've looked over the request and we've decided that those emails, those 400 emails, are not, they're not relevant. So we're not giving them to you. And the defense is like... What? So they decided, the Crown, that these 400 emails, they say they're duplicates, whatever. The, the defense wants these emails. The Crown's like, they've requested them, and the Crown's like, no, they're not relevant, so we don't need to give them to you, therefore. And here's the case law. You don't have to give irrelevant disclosure, blah, blah, blah. The judge is like, okay, if you take that position, this was on Friday, Justice Heather McVeigh said, if you say it that way, what's going to end up happening is come Tuesday, when the resident witnesses are done today, Tuesday, tomorrow, come then, we're going to have we're going to have to delay our PLT uh, witnesses because this stuff's relevant to their testimony to their their time on giving evidence this will be relevant to them in order to have this this discussion about yet another problem a, a request for disclosure a request a disclosure application so the judge suggested it would be more efficient to just give it give it all over give it all over let the defense do what what they will and the, the crown the, the most they were willing to concede was we'll give them a list of the documents so we're having a lot of issues, I think, in, in the smoothness of things. What, uh, who's the judge? Uh, Justice Heather Perkins McVeigh. All right, Perkins McVeigh. Perkins hyphen McVeigh, yes. Okay, um, and what is your impression of how uh, she is perceiving all of this? Um... I'll let Jason answer the second part of this, but uh, for the entirety of this trial, she's been evidence-oriented. She's been extremely fair to both parties, and I feel like she's really after the truth here. I feel like she has her sights set on on having this thing, as she often says, stay on the rails. Mm -hmm. She wants the truth. She wants both parties to have a fair go, and she wants the evidence to be relevant and probative. So I'll let Jason speak to his experience today with her. And I would concur with that, Viva. She does seem to be very fair. She wants to use the correct terminology. She doesn't want to use inflammatory words, which is great to see. Uh, she didn't allow a delay from the, the Crown. The Crown asked to take an early break said, no, we're going to keep going. I already have my schedule for the day. And she's pretty adamant that we're going to keep going. Like you said, uh, stay on the rails here. I've, I've seen some judges where you can't tell whether or not they're going to be fair or not. I have a good feeling about this. But I think so far what I've seen, uh, she's going to be a fair judge. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely pay attention and, and get some more to you on that one. I'm just trying to see. Uh, so I'm looking up McVeigh or, or it's McVeigh, M-C-V-E-Y, not like Timothy McVeigh. And... Um, it looks like she was appointed to the bench in 2009. So I don't know who the, if uh, she's a provincial. No, no, hold on. She's a federal judge. Yeah, that'd um, be hard for them. Yeah. So, so, okay. I mean, not that, not that politics explains everything, but it tends to be predictive sometimes. Although, I mean, to, to say she just want things to go off the rail and you're, we're 16 days into a bullshit mischief trial. But, but I feel also that there's a lot of stuff in the background that if it doesn't play out the way it is, that it'll create problems down the road. 
someone with more legal expertise can perhaps speak to those potentialities. But that's the impression I get that they're trying to run this thing as neatly as possible. Well, I, I just say that if I want to embarrass the prosecution, if I'm a judge, I let him go for 16 to 20 days and make it look like an absolute gong show, as opposed to actually keeping it uh, temporally circumscribed, which is what it should have been in the first place. But who knows? Uh, so Zexy Lee is under cross now. They're going to finish with the cross and then presumably have a redirect. That'll be it for the day, I, I imagine. Well, um, actually, we're... We were supposed to hear from two more witnesses. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen. It's it's one thirty now. We're we're on the same time zone. You're going to get back in court by two two fifteen. Cross examination will go until three. If it doesn't go further, then there'll be a redirect after a break. So four four thirty, we're done. Now, one thing I did want to highlight here is during her entire examination in chief, I didn't hear her mention Chris did this, Kamara did this. I witnessed Chris do this. I saw Kamara do this. She's not testifying about the defendants directly here. You're just testifying about her experience. And another thing I want to highlight here is she was asked whether or not she was going out. Would she leave her place? She said, yeah, a couple times a day, sometimes more. And where would you go? I would walk around my neighborhood. I would go and get my groceries. I would do this and that. So she definitely is not painting a picture of someone who's afraid of the protesters, who was afraid about walking around. She was pretty nonchalant and pretty casual about being able to go ahead and do all of that. She also talked about wearing her mask frequently. She said people would bother her and shake their hands at her and stuff like that. But when she was under cross-examination, she couldn't specify dates, times, locations, or anything along those lines of these encounters. And she even kind of changed her testimony from shaking the hands to maybe just showing it once and not multiple times. So we're hearing some things like that change. She does not sound like somebody who was scared and traumatized walking around uh, at all. And then when she was asked whether or not she used public transport, the transportation, she said, yeah, normally does, but it was redirected and uh, I didn't use it. I would walk around everywhere. If I look distracted, it's only because I, right now on my phone, I'm, I'm getting a clip where Zexy Lee hesitated for like, it was a good, I want to play it while we're streaming together so I can do this. So I'm just going to go tweet this and I'm going to say, um, let me just go like this. It, it, when they asked, did you feel unsafe? Listen for the pause, dot, dot, dot. You can't ignore it. Oh, while go you're on uh, can I add something? Oh, yeah, please. So while you're on, since you brought it up, um, being in court today, a lot of the questioning she's being asked, there are significant pauses to her answers. Yeah. Um, there is, there's other things too, but uh, there's... She's showing stress. She's yeah. showing stress. She's sighing. She's pausing. She's sighing quite a lot. Yeah. She's okay. showing stress. Now, whether it's stress because of the day or, or stress because she's, you know, her multi-million dollar lawsuit could be on the table here. Who knows? But she's definitely showing some stress. Oh, well, or, or the, you know, the, the story is nice when you tell it in a in a class action lawsuit that you have uh, Paul Champ or Paul Trump of a lawyer uh, drafting. But when you get cross examined, it's not exactly the most pleasant thing on earth here. Hold on. Let, let me bring it up. Yeah. And that yeah, does like... remind me there was one part where the injunction came up. So early on in her class action lawsuit, she's the one that got the injunction to get the horn saw. She didn't put in there fireworks, smell or any of the other things she's complaining about today. So the defense brought that up and said, look, you had this injunction, you brought up your complaints, your grievances, and none of the stuff you're saying here today, other than the honking is listed here. And she didn't have an explanation for that. <laughs> what, what time do you guys go back? What was lunch is over at what? 2.15. Two, two okay, oh, you, got, you got a nice long pause there. Hold on, listen to this. I don't know if I, if I cut, the, um, cut the video properly. Second to the hallway, my bathroom was a little quieter, so I got some peace there as well. 
So would you say that you Listen felt unsafe walking the streets? Listen to this. One, two, three, four, five, I, six, seven, eight. I didn't feel I didn't feel safe, but it's hard to describe it as unsafe. Yeah, because it would be a lie to do that. I was actively being so cognizant of my surroundings and I'm fast. I can move very fast. Oh, she's fast. So, there's so many, <laughs> sorry, there's so many jokes in here. Yeah, I'm fast, I can move fast. I'm, first of all, if you're walking the streets of Ottawa on any ordinary day, you don't feel safe. You see poo poo and you see piss. Oh, my, I'm, 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 I'm cognizant of my surroundings as well. You should be always. I'll tell you when I was, I was cognizant of my surroundings at the protest when the counter protesters were around. Hold on, right. let's just see where this goes. I was always ready to, you know, take myself out of a situation where something might happen and, you know. But did anything happen? No. But like a lot of the times, when they're bouncing their trucks and their cars and I don't know how to describe it other than like roaring at us like roaring at me with like these large giant vehicles you know it's the idea was to move quick and get where you needed to go um I you can't know. I can't listen to any more of this well there's a contradiction right there so what she said there was the engines were causing the vehicles to shake and bounce testimony today was the horns that was causing it to shake and bounce so there's a contradiction in her testimony. It's 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 all a load of manufactured victimhood rubbish is what it is. It's going to segue into one of the stories when you guys head back to court. Oh my goodness. So I need to find if anybody's watching now who can find the clip when she talked about having their their little moment of revenge. Um, I would I know that I commented on it when I was watching that and posted a video, but I can't I don't know how to search on Twitter. Um, OK, so that's very interesting. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a joke. It's a, it's a sick, sad joke. And Tamara Lee, just everybody appreciates. This is the crown. They can go as long as they want. Taxpayer dollars go to the judge. Taxpayer dollars go to the prosecution. The crown. The only one who's not paying taxpayer dollars, Tamara Leach and Chris Barber. Well, let's and not forget about uh, her security too. Those are taxpayer dollars. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. How how uh, Tamara uh, and Chris they're not they're not talking they're sitting there watching all of this uh, have they made yeah, any public yeah. statements? But they're good spirits. So, yeah, I asked if they could come on. They can't come on. But they're in good spirits right now. They don't seem to be worried. They're just a little concerned that it's going to be dragged out and then the costs are going to keep uh, ballooning. Yeah. I, that that's I, that's not a that's a feature, not a bug. I mean, that's part and yeah. parcel of the process. <laughs> Sorry, smoothie. I can say that with Tamara specifically, having spent a lot of the days uh, sitting behind her in court, she's uh, she's she she appears very optimistic and hopeful, and she's got this positive energy around her, um, and uh, you could see that really shine through. Even when she's going through this extremely negative situation, she still manages to be positive. Uh, I've I've never seen her down in the court. I've seen her positive, and imagine just being drugged through this whole thing. Imagine the the, the stress this is causing. But she was she. I mean, she she was put in jail for aggregate 59 days for this bull crap. I mean, it's, 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 I made a joke. I don't, well, no, this was about the, what's going on with Trump. I don't know if it's like Banana Republic, Kangaroo Court, Kafka-esque, Orwellian, Vonnegut, I'm going to create a new term, Vonnegutian. Like you're, it's like from, from Ven you're Venetian or you're Vonnegutian. It's, it's a load of, it's a load of crap. I mean, anybody who doesn't see it and, and doesn't understand that this is uh, the indication of a broken, a broken system, uh, they probably, you know, think Hong Kong means Heil Hitler. Okay, so uh, have we forgotten anything or is there anything you wanted to mention about the Leech Barber trial that I forgot to ask? I'm good with tomorrow. So, I'm good with that. So I, I have just one thing I guess I'll add. It's um, 
you know what? We've, we've talked about all the major points. There's a couple of things that we, we skimped over, but they're not as significant as the things we've talked about. But again, just want to emphasize how the morale seems really good. The defense team morale is very good. Greenspan's always cracking smiles and jokes. And uh, Tamara Leach always exuding that positive energy. It's an aura. It's an aura. It really is. I know that sounds strange, but she's got this, the, the, this, this way of carrying herself that exudes confidence and positivity. Uh, Chris as well. I've spent some time down here. I've been beside me. He's confident and funny as always. Uh, it's funny when we're wa we were watching his videos earlier in the trial and he's, you know, he's cracking his jokes in the whole courtroom, which is, you know, he's a funny guy. So you're listening to this guy on his TikTok and he'll say something. The whole courtroom would erupt in laughter. So there's some positivity for you. Yeah, there's no so a lot of people in the courtroom, there's no protesters or counter protesters here today. So it seems to be pretty calm and pretty relaxed. And people are just moving on with this trial because it seems to be dragging on for a long time here. Um, nah, nah. The, the, the fact that they remain jovial and, and good-spirited and optimistic, that's a, more of a doom pill for me than a white pill because like, they have, they've got no choice. They're stuck in this freaking system and they've got no choice but to make the best of it uh, in the worst possible way. Okay, so will you, we're not done yet if you guys have more time, but will you two come back on to give periodic updates um, as, as it progresses? Uh, we'll certainly give you more updates on this one, but if you don't mind, I can remind everybody what's happening on Friday in Alberta. Well, well hold on before we, yeah, before we even get there though. Also you're there, both of you during the day, where can people, we'll say it multiple times, where can people find both of you respectively? Well, you can find me at the Levine show.com. So I do uh, podcast twice a day, every day. And then you can find me on Twitter as Jason Levine MP, which stands for media person, member of parliament or whatever you want it to say, but Jason Levine MP. Levine um, is L-A-V-I-G-N-E for those who are listening. Okay. Who spells it like I do? Smoothie. <laughs> she took it from you. Yeah. Uh, you can find me anywhere. You can find me on Twitter, uh, YouTube, and Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, you either just search up Patriot Smoothie spelled here, one word, or if that doesn't work, search up Right Blend. Like a smoothie gets blended in the right way, Right Blend also one word. Either okay. one. Excellent. So you guys are doing you're doing live tweeting. You're there every day, so everyone should be looking uh, at your stuff for the immediate. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? Contemporaneous updates. Yeah. Now the big, uh, not the bigger. The, uh, another big story is the Coots Four. We've talked about this, Jason. You've been on. I've been on your show. Um, following it, there was for those who don't thirty thousand foot overview. Four political prisoners, in my humble opinion, I, maybe not everyone shares it. These are gentlemen who have been in jail for damn near 600 days now uh, on conspiracy to commit murder charges of an RCMP officer. Uh, the evidence is scant, to say the least. Uh, one picture of some firearms, all of which it seems, maybe with the exception of one, lawful under Canadian law. A big bad... Oh, hold on. The, um, the Diagonal. They had Diagalon patches on their things. I got my uh, Diagalon merch that people sent me in the mail. They had a Diagalon patch on one of their vests, which apparently, you know, according to liar, liar, pants on fire, Mendicino, was a you know, far right militia prone to violence, yada, yada. A load of crap and we all know it. Um, but one of the vests, which we don't even know if it was a ballistics vest, it could have been a fly fishing vest for all we know, had a Diagalon patch and that's what gave rise to the Diagalon militia nonsense. Um, those four gentlemen, accused of conspiracy to commit murder have been in jail no bail no bail whereas that that jackass who drove his car into four protesters in winnipeg and attempted to commit murder uh he was let out on big bail but let out nonetheless conditions horrendous 
most people don't even know about this. They don't know that they're still in jail awaiting trial. And there's been some scandals in this prosecution, or I should say persecution, because it seems that there might have been some change of direction of the prosecution, or they might have uh, engaged in conduct that could potentially have been unlawful or knowingly unfair. Detailed in a letter which could potentially break solicitor-client privilege between the Crown and their attorneys as to strategy to prosecute these four men. And I hope that's not too brief or not too detailed of an overview. The content of that letter, which has been subject of a publication ban confidentiality order, will be opened on Thursday, Jason. If I forgot anything, let me know. But what's the latest there? Sure. So the the big thing here is crime fraud is the term being used, which is a lawyer who gives legal advice for commission of a crime. So this is what we're trying to determine whether or not that is the case. It has been open. So I, I can't let you know the judge has read it and the uh, crown is trying to suppress it. So the arguments on Friday, the 20th, uh, 845 in the morning are going to be whether or not the crown will be successful at suppressing it. So I'm going to be flying out there on Thursday. So I'll be there on Friday to uh, go ahead and see what happens. Now, I'll find out whether or not we can broadcast or we can publicize what's in the envelope at the time, because the decision might be made at that time to remove that ban. I don't know, but we'll find out. But what we do know is we finally got a date for uh, to find out what's going to happen next, what is going to be the next step about that envelope. So that'll be this Friday, the 20th. Okay, amazing. Um, and now I think I'm going to have started rumors that I have diagonal merch that was uh that was gifted to me and i i kind of love it's it's funny it's in the drawer underneath my computer because i keep everything that people send me um all right that's amazing gentlemen we shall keep in touch and i shall keep following you for the up-to-date stuff um one last word to sign off both of you what do you want to say well i can give you a quick update about the new convoy so i went to the camp the last couple oh, of days Check it okay out. i saw some pictures about this okay what there's there's more honking again in ottawa yeah, no, they're not honking in Ottawa. There were some Palestinian protests honking. I got a ticket. I witnessed that. But no trucker or, or convoy or even Chris Tamar-related protesters. There's a lot of Palestinian protesting going on around Ottawa the last few days, for sure. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I would... I, guess I, I, won't be part, I won't be attending either, either side protests in any of that. I'll be uh, uh, spectating from my But uh, I'd be happy to give you an update about the camp. It's really peaceful. It's growing. Uh, there seems to be a good atmosphere there. It's very early stages. They're still determining what they want to do. I can tell you with all the other protesting going around here, it's complicated things for sure. But no more uh, assaults from the police over the last little bit. I'm not even aware of tickets right now. But right now it seems to be like a good group of people coming together to be peaceful. And they're trying to work out what the next steps are going to be. And I could briefly speak to that as well. I, I had been at the camp uh, originally, I think it was either the, the first day they got here in town, maybe the next day after that, before the incident that a lot of people have seen. The drive be, over for the one? Yeah, sure. One. Uh, so it was smaller back then. There was a couple of vehicles. People were mixed. But I, I visited again for the second time Saturday evening. And I want to say I got there about 9 o'clock at night, and the experience was the best uh, experience that I've had in regards to just recharging my soul and my hope in our country and community since the Freedom Convoy. It was a beautiful experience. There was a, at least 100 vehicles. Not that it matters, but the people were so positive and so uh, there was such a sense of hope in the air that it, it did recharge my battery a little bit. I, I, I was totally blown away, a total night and day uh, from the first day that I went to Saturday night. I went back on Sunday crowd thinned out just a bit but same same spirit same determination 
I did have one uh, criticism though. Why do we always? Why does this always have to happen in the cold? Why can't we do it when it's nice and sunny? You know, <laughs> but it was beautiful. I loved it. The, the funny thing is, I, I stepped out of the house today, and it's like it's the first time of the year where outside was actually cooler than inside. I'm like, holy crap, it's winter in Florida now. It was 78 degrees outside, it's freezing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's October. It's mid-October, and you guys are having shorter days and colder weather, although the trees behind you don't look like the leaves have started changing yet. Maybe yeah, a bit. No, Ottawa, they're a little bit slower here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no comment. I don't want to get arrested. Um, all right, amazing, guys. Uh, fantastic. Anything else? No, but thank you very much for your time, David. Well, th and we'll thank you. No, it's, it's, it's more th thank you for coming on. I know you guys are, you, you have a tight timeline and you got to, uh, you know, get this word out. So thank you for coming on anytime and, and you come back soon, please. Thank you very much, David. Thanks all right, guys, much. have a good day. All right, I'm going to put the links, I'm going to put their links up afterwards when I finish this. But what I want to do beforehand, I want to actually just play the entire Zexy Lee uh, the entire Zexy Lee clip while I take that time to go see if I can find the other Zexy Lee clip, which is Zexy Lee talking about the reprisals. Where, where is it? Oh, for son of a beasting, I know that I have it here. Let me just go back and get that clip. We're going to play that. If anybody out there has the Zexy Lee clip where they were talking about their reprisals, I would love to find that before they come back for lunch so that we can maybe get that in the hands of the, uh, of the, defense although i suspect they have all of their exhibits lined up for impeach we don't call it impeaching a witness but you know for, for that process okay this is mine listen for the pause okay let's just play this one more time all the way through and i'm going to take this time to also everybody we're going to go to rumble after this and we got other stuff to talk about second to the hallway my bathroom was a little quieter so i got some peace there as well so would you say that you felt unsafe walking the streets? Uh, I couldn't say that because it would be a lie and I would be, I would be. I, I didn't feel, I didn't feel safe, but it's hard to describe it as unsafe at the same time because I was actively being so cognizant of mm. my surroundings and I'm fast. Oh, I can I'm move fast. very fast. So, you know, I'm, I was always ready to, you know, take myself out of a situation oh, where something might happen. Such, and such you know, a hero. like a lot of the times when they're bouncing their trucks and their cars and bouncing like, like it's like gang members. It's like, with, I don't with know how to describe it other than like roaring at us, like roaring at me with like these large giant vehicles, you know, it's, the idea was to move quick and get where you needed to go. Um, and you know, that was, that was the intention. And that's what you really had to do, I think, to stay safe. Because when you didn't take your time, they would always get to you. Like not, maybe not in the sense that you're thinking, but they would try and come up to you and convince you that they were doing the right thing. And they would say to me, like they, I, like on more than one occasion, I would try and plead with them because you know there's a certain desperation in being left in that kind of situation oh, where the people that are supposed to help you weren't helping you, and it was just ongoing for really, and it was going to be an unknown period of time because really, every day I woke up, and I hoped that it was over, and it never was. Um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought a little there. Yeah, it's, it's what happens <laughs> okay. when you make up stories. <laughs> okay, now hold on one second, people. 
hold on one second, because I believe I found, it's not, I, 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 it's not my tweet, but it is the tweet. Hold on, hold on. I think this is it. And then we're going to go over to the Hrumbles for the rest of this stream. And then we're going to go over to Locals afterwards for the after party. Hold on. Let me bring it up. I think this is it. I think this is it. Here we go. Yeah, this looks like it. This is from the uh, commission. Zexy Lee's testimony. And because of this closeness I had, I heard a lot of their stories and more so I heard a lot of their frustrations. Mm -hmm. And as egg throwing began to <sighs> occur from my building. I... Egg throwing began to occur from my building. <laughs> I'm so cute the way I describe it passively. It just started occurring. It's raining eggs. I, we, we weren't doing it. It just started occurring. Egg throwing began to occur from my building. I felt that, you know, we really needed a medium to at least express what was happening to us so that we could feel at the very least heard and maybe diffuse some of the tension. So we decided can to throw describe, eggs. Sorry, can you describe what you mean by the egg throwing? Yeah, yeah please. Well, you know, there <laughs> you were know. very large trucks parked everywhere. Oh, so, and so cute. In some of these instances, they were parked right next to some high-rise oh. condo buildings. Oh. And as a result, someone, some people may have gotten some cartons of eggs. And, oh. you know, so cute. their little retaliation. Their little retaliation. Because really, what else could they do? <laughs> Other than commit assault. Because throwing an egg under ordinary circumstances is assault. If they had their little cartons of eggs, and it's February, and they're on the balcony, and they froze solid, and then they said, I don't know if that happened. I can just reasonably anticipate it's a possibility. Oh. We just had our little retaliation. I'm so cute. <laughs> um, and when that incident occurred, I remember the police actually came to my building mm -hmm. to inquire about mm -hmm. the egg throwing. Did you go? Did you get arrested? Made by the truckers. Did you, Did any of you get charged, arrested, brought to trial for um, your little retaliation? Hell no, because that's not that's mischief, but the right kind of mischief. And I remember that I felt it as an affront and that a lot of my neighbors felt it as an affront as well when they were investigating Our something assault. like this and they're the investigating us. that was happening to us and what they were really ignoring um, in a lot of their statements and releases to the public. I'm sorry. Oh, um, I'm right and as a result, I decided to organize a, a meeting with a number of residents in my building with uh, some Ottawa Police Community Liaison Officers yeah, yeah, yeah. just so we could have a recorded account of what our experiences were of and throwing really eggs. to, again, diffuse the tension and by throwing eggs really concretely <laughs> say, you know what's happening here. We are telling you this. This is our experience this and we experience. really desperately need help because things are Things have gone on too long, and the residents, honestly, they had wanted to fight back because they felt that nobody else was doing anything for them. Hmm. Uh, Your Honor, I'd like to present as Exhibit uh, TL3, Zexy Lee admitting that they committed assault. I'm just, just Hey, Zexy, uh, when you say you felt unsafe, was that before or after you were throwing eggs from high-rise buildings onto parked cars? Just, I just, just want to know. Oh, okay. So here's the link to the tweet. Um, I tweeted it out so everybody can go get that as well. Um, and I had the video, but I found it through someone else's Canadian Riley from, we'll see if this gets a little, little bit of traction. Maybe it finds its way into the cross-examination. All right. With that said, we've been on YouTube for far too long already.
This is more time than YouTube deserves uh, after my re-education. Let's go to Rumble. I'm going to give everybody the link. There are 553 people here that should be migrating over to the Rumbles. I'll wait for it to go down in number once, and then we're going to end it on YouTube. Go over to Rumble. If you want to come over to vivabarnslaw.locals.com, where if I can find the link, it'd be much easier to share. Let me give that to you as well. So you can just come straight to Locals. We've picked our new, we've have our winner for the new Locals Convo. That is a local supporter who doesn't mind having an interview with me. Talking about their lives, it's going to be on the internet forever. Why is the number going up? The number went up to 558. The number needs to go down on YouTube so we can leave here and then go over to Rumble. Come on over to Rumble or vivabarnslaw.locals.com where the rest of the stream, we're going to talk Trump, Dylan Mulvaney, and some other stuff uh, that's going on in the world. I, I need to see the number go down on YouTube in order for me to leave in good conscience. I'm getting ready to remove it. 550, 503. We're done. Adios, YouTube. You can get the leftovers tomorrow when I post the entire stream uh, replay, as I do on Twitter as well. But let's go. VivaBarnesLaw.locals.com or VivaFry on Rumble. 3, 2, 1. Boo! Oh my goodness. Oh, let's see what's going on here. Who looks at YouTube anymore? Says, here's Johnny. Carnivorous Vegan says, F him. <laughs> Darth John says, thumbs up. Mechanic1908 says, here. Oh my goodness. Okay. So yeah, that's it. That's the latest of what's going on in Canada. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. The, the, the systems have been weaponized. The, the country is in political, social, economic, moral decay. And the impact of that... Um, does not just remain limited to Canada internally. I thoroughly believe that the instability and conflict that we see across the world results from the West having lost its moral authority to lead, to stand, to lecture anybody. When Putin sees Justin Trudeau sicking his abusive police, beating the ever-loving piss out of war veterans, and then Justin Trudeau gets up and lectures Putin on what he can and cannot do, there are two fingers to which uh, will be shown to the, to the Trudeaus of the world when they try to lecture other people for doing basically what they're doing. When Joe Biden basically finances terrorism across the world, whether it's directly uh, or indirectly, as we discussed yesterday, or tacitly through incompetence, negligence, or impeachable recklessness by surrendering billions and billions of dollars in a debacle of a withdrawal from Afghanistan. Where the hell do you think those weapons go? So you got Canada saluting Nazis in our parliament, funding Nazis because we now know that it's a real problem over in Ukraine. You got Biden abandoning weaponry that finds its way into the hands of terrorists. If it's not directly, indirectly financing terrorism through third-party entities, what happens worldwide? Things go to hell in a handbasket as we're seeing right now. But alas, that's what's going on in Canada with Tamara Leach's trial and um, Chris Barber's trial. Not to forget him. He's like, Tamara Leach has got the name that you know goes with it, but Chris Barber... Is also in there. Pat King. Oh, geez, I have to find out what's up with Pat King's trial. We saw what happened with uh, Arta Pavlovsky, sentenced to time served for his mischievous misconduct. But meanwhile, throw some eggs off sky, higher sky rise buildings. All's cool in Amsterdam, people. Alrighty. Let's see what else is going on in the news.
<laughs> I just got, hold on one second. I just got a tweet from Chris Pavlovsky, the CEO of Rumble. And it's interesting. It'll be a good segue into the uh, Scheiser show that is uh, American politics. Hold on one second here. Let's see this. Chris Pavlovsky, I will say, and I've, I will say, and I've been saying it for a long time, Truth Social is far more influential and important than most people think. I'd also put Rumble in the same category. People are starting to wake up. And this is a Fox News article. I don't read Fox News anymore because they are sucky sucky. Biden campaigned to launch account on Trump's Truth Social. There's very little truth happening on Truth Social, but at least now it'll be a little fun. <laughs> uh, Biden campaign tells Fox News Digital. Yeah, because Biden can't string a sentence together to say it himself. Ooh, I've got a Truth Social account. Dude, I might have to get on there. I've been getting notifications, but I just haven't been posting. I might have to. This Will this bring me to... Um, Will this bring me to, uh, to, to truth in order to troll Biden? I've got, I've got at Viva Fry. Just make sure there's no confidence. I have not yet posted on Truth Social. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll get going with that. Okay, ow, ow. Um, we're going to have the, the uh, sorbet cleansing of the palate. For those of you who don't know, this is totally irrelevant news. Uh, I know some people say, don't, they like pull that things from the Simpsons. Uh, just don't look, just don't look when you want to beat the media. Just don't, just don't watch it. And eventually the mainstream media will just wither away. For those of you who don't know, Dylan Mulvaney just won the uh, Woman of the Year Award. It was offered by, oh, some magazine. And um, it brought me down a little bit of a, rad- a rabbit, a rabbit, a rabbit hole. Attitude Magazine. Okay, here we go. Attitude Magazine named Dylan Mulvaney their Woman of the Year. Attitude Magazine, it was sponsored by Virgin Airlines or Virgin, one of the Virgin, I- ironic name, but you know, Virgin Mobile or Virgin Airlines, whatever. They named Dylan Mulvaney Woman of the Year. I, I guess actually before we, before we do that, let's go to, let's go to Dylan's speech. I, the whole thing is just, it's, it's just such a, the emperor has no clothes. You can only but laugh at this. But it's a real thing. Here we go. Here we go. Look at this. I mean, it's almost more fun to watch it without audio. Oh my God. Jeez Louise. We're not watching the entire thing. Whew, that scared the bejesus out of me. Look at this. Let's go here. Added, Virgin Atlantic. Is that, is that the phone or is that the airline? Oh, whatever. The Woman of the Year Award, supported by Virgin Atlantic goes to Dylan Mulvaney. (laughs) Hello, London! I am so honored to be here with you all tonight. And, you know, some see me as the woman of the year, some see me as a woman of a year and some change, (laughs) as I only publicly came out online 560 days ago. And some people don't see me as a woman at all. I know. Which is why receiving this honor from a queer publication like Attitude means so much more to me. Because here's what I've realized. You ready? Okay. So. You guys can go watch it. Um, So that's, that's what happened. 
And I got it. I don't care. I, I don't care in the best possible sense. I, I don't care what any grown adult wants to do with themselves. I don't care. Live your best life. Be happy so long as it doesn't impact other people. When you start having awards that were intended to be for a specific demographic, for obvious reasons that are now being given to people not of that demographic. Now, some people are going to say it's a queer magazine, Viva. Why do you care? I don't care except for the absurdity of the entire situation that you have a crowd of people looking at someone that they know is a man, that they know has the man bits, that they know for the better part of his life lived a man and will always live a man despite you know what, what he identifies as, now taking an award, accepting an award, l basically laughing at women out there and saying, hardy hard jokes on you, now I get your award. And if you don't go along with this gag, you get canceled, you get vilified, and the people who say live and let live will not let you live your life and let live. They will cancel you for not accepting that a man is now woman, uh, accepting the Woman of the Year Award. I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's outlandish and preposterous on its face. It is the emperor walking around naked, and everyone's like, yeah, beautiful robe, uh, Mr. Emperor, and you got one kid who states the obvious, and it shocks the conscience of the adults who are playing along with the gag so they can all seem virtuous, tolerant, yada, 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 and so on. So having seen that video, I, I don't know how I fell into this rabbit hole, but I, I, I came across another video, um, which was Dylan Mulvaney. I mean, it's just another video from a year ago. This is from April when I found it, April 2022. And again, this is not making fun of any adult who wants to whatever identifies as me. We grew up, there were cross-dressers when we were kids. There were transvestites when we were kids. What is amazing about the culture in which we are currently living is that it is being used as the pretext in the search for victimhood because victimhood has become a social currency of sorts that people are vying for. And when they don't have victimhood, they've got to manufacture their victimhood. So much so, I'm going to play this one all the way through because... This illustrates it, and ironically enough, it illustrates the quest for victimhood, not even through the purported struggle of identifying as thinking you're a woman when you're not. In another way, which I'm going to see if everybody can astutely observe the patent insanity and hypocrisy of this short 45-second TikTok. I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. And that was a big shock for them, considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, then trans. And I think it was just a bit of a shock. So I tell my dad and he goes, well, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. And I said, oh, no, no, no. She would be getting me pregnant. The emperor has said, no clothes. Have a vagina now? And I said, never say never. And then I tell my mom and she goes, I would just love to see you own property one day. And in California, that's sort of, you know, a, a parent's dream. It's not having kids or getting married. It's, it's are you able to own a house? Um, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. I recently told my parents so, that I made... This is not... A, I mean, I'm sure Dylan thought this was a shtick back in April, and now the world has taken seriously what could only have been intended to be a shtick. So I recently told my parents I'm attracted to women... Despite the fact that I came out as gay, which means that I was a man attracted to men, but now that I think, so if he's a woman, is he not still gay? 
If in his own mind he thinks he's a woman and wants to be regarded as a woman and trans women are women and he's attracted to women now, doesn't that still make him gay? I mean, maybe it does. Maybe that's the whole double fakey irony. In order for him to remain being gay as he was his entire life, uh, because he says he's a woman now, well, then he can't be attracted to men because that would make him heterosexual, trans-hetero. Uh, anyhow, try to piece it together, but listen to this. Okay. I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. And that was a big shock for them considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay. Gay because I'm a man attracted to men. Then queer, then non-binary, then trans. Okay. And I think it was just a bit of a shock. Yeah, uh, uh, it, to everybody with half a brain. So I tell my dad and he goes, well, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. And I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. I would love to see you have a kid. That's what his dad just said to him. Son, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant, have a kid, and a life. That, that most people consider a happy life. Maybe, maybe and if that's not a happy life for Dylan, all the best. His dad says, I wish you would have a kid. I said, oh, no, no, no. She would be getting me pregnant. Can you imagine uh, this father gave birth, he didn't give birth until, had a kid who's a boy and a gay man at that, now telling his dad, no, 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 dad, she's going to get me pregnant. I mean, is it a shtick or is it antagonism for the father who says, I just want you to have a kid. I want you to be happy in life I, based on my traditional understanding of happy. No, dad, she's going to get me pregnant. Okay, son. And then he said, what do you have a vagina now? And I said, never say never. As if having a vagina would enable Dylan Mulvaney to get pregnant. A neo-vagina, I believe, is the word. And then I tell my mom. This is where it goes, gets. I would just love to see you own property one day. And in California, that's sort of, you know, a, a parent's dream. It's not having kids. I'm sorry, was it a parent's dream? It's a, he's hard done by. It's a, I'm, I'm stopping there. It's hard. He's a victim. It's a parent's dream that all it, all they want their kid to do is own property. They don't want their kids to have children. Oh, I'm sorry, did your dad just not say five seconds ago that he was, just wished you would have a kid? It's, you know, when I was in high school and I had to read a book as part of a detention called Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl. Man's Search for Meaning. How do people survive through the most atrocious, horrendous, inhumane conditions and still find meaning in life both during the suffering and after. We live in an era where it's now man's search for victimhood because that's the only way and it's the cheapest, easiest, most accessible way for anyone to attain social status, social currency, not through accomplishments, not through overcoming adversity, but through fabricating adversity, fabricating victimhood so that you can then claim to be a victim of it, to overcome victimhood that you manufactured for yourself. And it's so such victims, all that his parents wanted him to do is have a kid. That's what his father said. Uh, I'm a victim because all my mother ever wanted me to do is own property. That's all parents in California care about, except for my father. Now that we've cleansed our palate on that, people, um, I think we've cleansed our palate enough. That's the distraction. I appreciate, you know, people say, this is the distraction, people. Why First of all, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. In a two-hour episode, we could talk about the important and the not so important at the same time. Uh, but we've cleansed our palate on that distraction, so let us move on to the two crumble rants that I just noticed in the chat. Finboy Slick, good to see you again. And even the crowd sounded like it was straining to remain enthusiastic about Dylan. And since I haven't mentioned a mullet in a while, Samson interview when Viva. We've been in touch. He follows me on Twitter. I follow him on Twitter, so stay tuned. 
God, it's going to happen. I love Samson. I'm just waiting for Samson's new song. Do we call it a song? Samson, if you guys don't know, I don't want to compare him to Tom McDonald. I just sing, um, they're both awesome. Samson's lyrics and Samson's uh, format is, is just a notch of like, the, a notch more original in an odd sense, because I'll have to play a Samson, a little clip afterwards. Samson's videos, they're all basically unedited. One take, he sings the lyrics, but he sings the lyrics in reality. It looks real. The lyrics are amazing. There's not a wasted word. There's not a pretentious, phony word. There's not... It's amazing. And so I can only, I can only um, praise Samson. <laughs> well, that sounds very biblical. Okay, anyway, so stay tuned. It might happen sooner than later. Barbara Ariane. Barbisa, Barbisa Ariane. Nice to see you again. Viva. Listen to Leonard Cohen, The Future, from 92. The one that just comes to mind. Everybody knows what's going... Is that, is that the... Hold on. Is that the song, actually? Google the future um, Leonard Cohen lyrics. Is, it, is that the one everybody knows? No. Give me back my... Bro oh, that's a good one. Give me back my broken... Oh, that was from a movie. That was from a David Lynch movie, wasn't it? Um, I, I don't want to play it because then if I do that, it's going to get copy claimed when I put this back on YouTube. Give I, I remember some of the lyrics. Give me crack and... Blank, blank sex. I remember that. Jeez, that just had, I just had a memory of childhood. My father, still alive, so when I say used to, it's not because he's no longer with us. My father loved Leonard Cohen. And I remember listening to this uh, when we were kids. This is 92, so I was, I was 13 years old at the time, 12, 13. And uh, none of us liked Leonard Cohen at the time. I don't like his earlier stuff, but some of his darker stuff I very much like. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go back and listen to it afterwards. All right, so that's what's going on um, in the Dylan Mulvaney world. Uh, let's go to Trump. There's been news, by the way. Uh, now, I'm sure that it's been updated even since the time that we've been live. Oh, I don't want to go to Fox News to get it. I'm not going to. Uh, Julie Kelly. Julie Kelly tweeted it out. She said, I Julie underscore Kelly too. If everybody is not following her, everybody should be following her. Let me just make sure I just gave the... Um... Yeah, it's Julie underscore Kelly too jokingly put out a tweet that said, I don't think Trump's going to be able to talk about the gag order under the new gag order. Uh, so there's been a limited gag order issued by Judge Chutkin. Chutney? Chutney or Chutkin? I forget which. Let me see if I can find the... Where is it? I had it here. Freedom Convoy, the government, statues. Donald Trump gag order. Here we go. Ugh, CNN. It's always important to know what your enemies are saying, people. Trump does not have the right to say and do exactly what he pleases. Judge Chutkin says, issuing gag order. Let's refresh and just see if this hasn't been changed. Seven-minute read. I don't have seven minutes, man. What do you think I am, a novelist? Oh, all right, here we go. So he's been issued with something of a limited gag order. Apparently he can't uh, disparage the court staff or something. Let's just see it. Federal judge on Monday, Judge Chutkin. Is it Chutney or Chutkin? Chutkin. Federal judge on Monday issued a gag order on former President Donald Trump, limiting what he can say about special counsel Jack Smith's federal prosecution. Can you imagine this? They, they prosecute you mercilessly with endless resources. They then try to shut you up in terms of what you can say publicly to defend yourself. And then they pretend that this is somehow due process. 
um, about what he can say about his prosecution into his alleged attempt to subvert the 2020 presidential election. The order restricts Trump's ability to publicly target court personnel. Why? I said it before, it's not even like predictive anymore. That last gag order issued by um, Arthur Engoron, Engoron, where he issued a, oh, it's just a limited gag order. Well, that's gonna serve as the groundwork, the foundation for all subsequent gag orders. It's not, you know, the Georgia indictment was not the anomaly, it was the new normal. And then every other indictment just got progressively more and more absurd until we got to the Georgia indictment, which literally is attempting to criminalize literal lawful activity. Okay, the order restricts, restricts Trump's ability to target, publicly target court personnel, potential witnesses, well, that's, that's everyone on earth, or the special counsel and his staff, heaven to target. I don't even know what that means. Can he identify who they are so the internet can go do their research into the political bias and potential offensive uh, social media posts? Who knows? But I'm sure they won't. I'm sure Judge Chutney, Chutkin, will not hesitate to put him in jail if she thinks, um, or to fi- you know, find him in contempt. The order did not impose restrictions on disparaging comments about Washington, D.C. Oh, can you imagine CNN is like touting this as objectivity and like a victory? Oh, he can still shit on Washington, D.C. He can still criticize Washington, D.C. They didn't go that crazy for now until it comes to the day that he can't criticize Washington, D.C. <laughs> where the jury will take place or certain comments about the Justice Department at large. Oh, both of which were requested. Can you imagine Jack Smith asked in the gag order that he not be allowed to make disparaging comments about the cesspool, dank, urine-soaked hellhole that is Washington, D.C.? that he can't comment on the partiality bias of a jury pool that will invariably be at least 95% Hillary Clinton support. They asked for it, but the judge, that's how objective she is. No point in recusing herself from the trial. She said, no, Jack Smith, I'm putting my rubber foot down here and now. He can still insult Washington DC. He can still insult geographic locations. We have freedom of speech in America. This is not about whether I like the language Mr. Trump uses, Judge Tanya Chutkin said. This is about language that presents a danger to the administration of justice. Well, yeah, when he says to protest peacefully and that's insurrection, everything's on the table, people. His presidential candidacy does not give him carte blanche. Oh, she speaks French now. (laughs) To vilify public servants who are simply doing their jobs. Yep. Simply doing their jobs is probably not the right way to describe it, Judge Chutkin. Oh, the judge added. Chutkin noted that any violation could result in sanctions. Oh, yeah. Strip him of his grounds for a defense. Alex Jones, the president. Strip him of his defense. Uh, give him a, a, a verdict, a default verdict. And then just have a trial on how long he goes to jail for. Following the two federal indictments. Oh, let me see. Where are we? I just lost this. Following the two federal indictments against the president, Trump has lashed out against prosecutors, potential witnesses, and judge, and the judge overseeing the election subversion case in Washington. Prosecutors with special counsel Jack Smith's office say these comments are enough to warrant a narrow restriction. Bullshizer, is that a narrow restriction? Chotkin, often the target of Trump's attacks, warned the former president that comments he or his attorneys make could threaten the case. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mr. Trump is a criminal defendant. He's facing four felony charges. He is under the supervision of the criminal justice system, and he must follow his conditions. Ugh, don't petty tyrants love having power. He does not have the right to say exactly as he pleases. Uh, Do you agree with that? She says, Trump, uh, who responds... 
Um, let me see here. How Troubling posts targeting Smith. Chutkin on Monday pushed Laurel, this is Trump's attorney, over Trump's public post targeting Smith's office. What does that mean, targeting? Saying that his highly charged language pushes the bounds of what a criminal defendant can say publicly about their legal case. Bullcrap. The judge said Trump's troubling posts may encourage harm against Smith and his team and question Trump's attorneys as to why he should not be restricted from publicly attacking prosecutors during the case. Why? Uh, I could think of a number of reasons, one of which is the First Amendment, one of which would be the right to publicly criticize your tormentors. One would be just the right to publicly bring to the public's awareness. The fact that, I don't know, maybe maybe Judge Chutkin also has some partisan hacks as chief, what are they called? Clerks of the law office, much like Arthur Angoron, who's got a uh, Schumer-loving uh, legal clerk working with him. Huh. Oh, let's see this. Chutkin specifically pointed to a truth social post in which the former president referred to Smith as a thug. Oh my goodness. Gag him. Punish him. Remove his tongue. Asking Loro, in what case, in what kind of case do you think it would be appropriate for a criminal defendant to call a the prosecutor a thug and stay on the streets? Every criminal case? Every single one? Judge Chutkin would have been my answer. Will no one rid me of this meddlesome priest, comes to mind, Chutkin said. This meddlesome priest? What the heck does that mean? Laura slammed the... Okay, whatever. Politics stops at the courtroom door. Oh my goodness. Do you know the exact opposite is true? During the hearing, Chutkin took issue with Laura saying, What do you... What you have put in place is working. Yeah, yeah. The judge laughed loudly in response to Laura's statement and told the attorney to stop making political arguments in her courtroom. Arguments put forth by Laura have prompted Chutkin to cut him off several times as, as he argues Trump should not be restricted on what he can say while campaigning for president. Laura at one point accused the special counsel's office through the proposed gag order of trying, quote, to prevent tre President Trump from speaking out about the issues of the day. Yeah, it's election interference. I mean, I guess Laura can't call it that while in court. It's election interference. <clears throat> But Chutkin made clear that she wouldn't tolerate such short, such... Oh, politics stops at the courtroom door. <clears throat> Excuse me while I gag and vomit on my vomit. We have no special... What is he? Chutkin also reminded Laurel that Trump is a criminal defendant with restrictions on him that he can't intimidate witnesses or jurors while awaiting trial, while Joe Biden is not. Oh, okay. Okay, it doesn't matter. That's, uh, so that's it. Limited gag order issued in New York fraud trial. If Chutkin does decide to place restrictions on what the former president can say, she won't be the first. Oh, look at that. It's almost like the bullshit precedent now serves as bullshit precedent to justify further bullshit. That's just how it works. It's the cycle of bullshit. I'm sorry to swear. In early October, the judge overseeing the New York civil trial fraud issued a gag order against the former president after he attacked a member of the... Attacked? After he called one of the members of his staff uh, names on uh, social media. Oh, that's attacked. Consider this statement an order forbidding all parties from posting email or speaking publicly about any members of my staff. Yeah, because the world might know that you're a political hack, have bragged about being a political partisan hack who has all the tools in his book to get to the judicial results that he wants and has political hacks serving as his chief principal law clerk. Yeah, of course you'd want to gag someone from bringing that to the public awareness.
Judge Arthur Angoron said after Trump accused his clerk of being Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's girlfriend and calling for her to be dismissed on a social media post. Failure to abide by this will be a result in sanctions. Sanctions, sanctions, sanctions. They love it. They want to shut him up so they can conceal the truth like they did in Roger Stone's case where it was only after people discovered who the chief jury foreperson was, political hack who had lied on her formulaire, questionnaire. What the hell is that thing? The questionnaire, the jury form. It's, it's only when the spotlight of the interwebs does the research that the partisan hacks themselves not only will not do, but will knowingly conceal. That's when they, that's when they want to limit your speech. Can't have, uh, can't have the president highlighting the fact that this is a political persecution by political actors with politically motivated hacks working for them in an attempt to subvert the elections, interfere with the elections, and weaponize an entire system to ensure that democracy cannot be had in the Democratic Republic of the United States of America, these United States of America. All right, what else do we have in the backdrop? So we got that. Uh, we're going to have some fun stuff. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about some Canadian stuff. Hold on, but let me just go to the chat. So we've got, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make fun of Nilly KM. I'm not going to make fun of her because she got this, this unhinged doctor. I should say unhinged doctor out of Canada. Doesn't seem to be learning from her mistakes, but we'll get there in a second. Um, Canada, I wanted to talk about it yesterday and I think I forgot. Supreme Court overturning or ruling as unconstitutional the bulk of a law called Bill C-69, which was the Impact Assessment Act. We'll get to that. Uh, Justin Trudeau, excuse me, is a hack. And then uh, what else? Okay. Yeah, that's it. We'll get to that. And then some stuff from POTUS. They lie. When they tell you something is true, you know that it's false. Uh, But first, let me take a selfie. That's a joke. First, let me go see what's going on in the chat on Rumble because I noticed another Crumble rant. Astro Sweat says, in certain Eastern countries, the event would be called Altitude. And <laughs> okay. Um, sad but true. All right. Now, President Trump announces he will appeal the gag order only approved by Judge Chutkin today per Truth Social posting. That's from Semena. Yeah, I damn well better. It's, it's an absolute political judicial outrage. Period. Can't, can't, uh, potential witnesses? What the hell does that even mean? Everyone's a potential witness. Smash that like button, says Snoopy on the ground. Yes, smash it hard. In fact, just just click it once or more than once if you have more than one account. Um, oh, yeah, we, we're all seeing these comments come up in real time. Okay, good. Uh, what was I going to say? Just read a few more comments and then we're going to head to the story. U.S. law judges rule 2.3, bias, prejudice, and harassment. So, Coder 182. Coder 182, you're stealing Blink 182's half of their name. 3,000 people in the stream hit that like button. 3,000 people for a no-notice Monday stream. That's not bad. People need to uh, laugh, make light of, and dance in the rain. Even if that rain is the (laughs) acid rain that is destroying all of the infrastructure around us. Uh, You can either laugh or you can cry, and it feels sometimes a little better to laugh, even though every now and again, you need to go sit in a room, put on a Sigur Rose song, Hopi Puli or one of those awesome songs, and just have a good cry. Then you come out refreshed, rejuvenated, to go laugh at the madness of the world, part of which, if you, 
If you don't know what's happening in Canada, I used to have Montreal Mondays back in Montreal where when I was, you know, just I wanted to celebrate Montreal for its beauty. How the world has changed. Um, out of Canada, it's the most outrageous. <laughs> the Supreme Court ruled against um, this piece of legislation called the Ah, the Impact Assessment Act. I'll just pull up the decision. You're going to get, we're not going through the entire decision because it's a long, long decision. And look, the Supreme Court issues their rulings. They have their summaries, but their summaries are pretty thorough summaries that get the essence of the decision. And then if you want to go into the judicial rules of procedure, then you go read the 100 or whatever, 72-page decision. Um, this was a Supreme Court ruling declaring unconstitutional in whole, not in whole, but uh, for the better part of, a piece of legislation that sought to impose federal uh, requirements on provincial resource projects. Uh, it was called Bill C-69, which is going to be even more hilarious when we get to some of the language of Bill C-69. Cue the Billy Madison. <laughs> 69. Um, when you hear some of the language in there, the 69 is going to be even funnier, but listen to this. So this is uh, just the summary. I'll just get to the big paragraph. In 2019, paragraph one, everybody, following a review of the existing federal environmental assessment process, Parliament enacted the Impact Assessment Act, and the Governor and Council made the Physical Activities Regulation under the Impact Act itself. The regulation established a complex information gathering and regulatory scheme, which is essentially two schemes in one. First, a discrete portion of the scheme contained in sections 81 to 91, the only portion declared constitutional, deals with projects carried out or financed by federal authorities, which would leave it in their jurisdiction, on federal lands or outside of Canada. Hence, it would be within the federal jurisdiction to have a process governing those projects which are on federal lands and financed by federal authorities or existing outside of Canada, which would be federal jurisdiction and not provincial. Second, the balance of the scheme made up of the um, Impact Assessment Act's remaining provisions and regulations deals with designated projects as defined in the Act. Okay, just let's get to the Judge Wagner, very smart man. Um, I want to get to the good part of it here. In the instant case, we don't need to read the whole thing, people, but this is going to be more detailed than you're ever going to get on any news outlet out there. In the instant case, a careful analysis of the purpose and the effects of the Impact Assessment Act and regulations reveals that the scheme they establish has two different components, one dealing with designated projects and the other... Okay, we, we did this. The intrinsic and extrinsic evidence reveals that the the scheme articulates a broad array of purposes, including protecting the environment and fostering sustainability. Wait until you see what the act does. Facilitating the participation of indigenous peoples and the public. Throw in the word indigenous into any legislation if you want to attempt to justify your federal overreach. Cloak your tyranny in benevolence. I'm not doing it because I want to control provincial powers. I'm doing it for the indigenous people. Justin Trudeau loves the indigenous and establishing an efficient process. The legal and practical effects considered together reveal that the scheme establishes a comprehensive information gathering regulatory process. The pith and substance, uh, yada, 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 oh gosh. The pith and substance of the, oh, it doesn't matter, okay. There is no doubt that parliament can enact impact assessment legislation that is directed at federal aspects of projects. Okay, let's just get to the part. Let's just get to the part that was good. 
Here we go. The designated project scheme is ultra-virus, meaning beyond the authority of the government, as its pith and substance exceeds the bounds of federal jurisdiction. This is so for two overarching reasons. First, the effects within federal jurisdiction do not drive the scheme's decision-making functions. Consequently, the scheme is pith and substance. What do you think? It's a legal term, and I, it's, I hate it. Directed at, uh, there are four decision-making junctures embedded in the scheme. Designation of the physical activities, the screening decision, the delineation of the scope of the impact assessment and the factors to be considered therein, and wait until we get there. The public interest. The scheme requires the decision maker to consider a host of factors, but does not specify how those factors are to drive the ultimate conclusion. The scheme's decision-making mechanism thereby loses its focus on regulating federal impacts. Instead, it grants decision makers a practically untrammeled power to regulate projects, qua projects. Just regulate all projects, regardless of whether parliament has jurisdiction to regulate a given physical activity in its entirety. In this respect, the screening decision are constitutionally problematic. The, okay, whatever. Let me just see something here. Is the word gender? Yeah, there you go. Okay, it's in there. How would gender uh, find its way into the environmental impact analysis of a federal or provincial project? Let th so the decision basically says, in pith and substance, that the government it basically gave itself unbridled power to interfere with non-federal jurisdiction uh, approval process. It was so outrageous, so ambiguous, so broad and ever-reaching, some fake news propagandists argue online, oh, this, this regulation never interfered with any provincial project. Yeah, probably because nobody would be stupid enough to get involved in a process when the factors to be considered include, and I'm quoting, is this it? There you go, look at this. So, preamble, this is, this is the actual law or it was the actual law. I mean, I guess sections, whatever, are going to remain in effect. My goodness, this is like, hey guys, why, why doesn't anyone care about the law? Because it's ridiculous. Amended to, and we got the Impact Assessment Act. Okay, here we go. But let's just go to the word gender. Why would it be in here? You tell me, preamble. Wait until you see this, people. Whereas the government of Canada is committed to implementing an impact assessment and regulatory system that Canadians trust and that provides safeguards to protect the environment and the health and safety of Canadians. Well, that's a very, very laudable, praiseworthy, honorable objective, Mr. Trudeau. We want to protect the environment and the health and safety of Canadians. How are we going to do that? Whereas the government of Canada is committed to enhancing Canada's global competitiveness. How are you going to do that? By building a system that enables decisions to be made in a predictable and timely manner. Everything that they describe in the preamble is the exact opposite of reality. Providing certainty to investors. Bullshit. <clears throat> and stakeholders, driving innovation, bullshit, and enabling the carrying out of sound projects that create jobs for Canadians. Whereas the government of Canada is committed to achieving reconciliation with First Nations, bullshit. This, this, this Trudeau's gonna talk about reconciliation? I have to Google how many still need uh, to boil their drinking water on reserves, but never mind that. The Metis and the Inuit through renewed nation-to-nation, government-to-government, and Inuit-Crown relationships based on recognition of rights, respect, and cooperation and partnerships. Yep, that's when, um, that's when, that's when Justin Trudeau's not skipping National Truth and Reconciliation Day to go boogie boarding in, in Tofino. Whereas the government of Canada is committed to using transparent processes that are built on early engagement and inclusive participation under the best of 
best available scientific information and data that the that uh, oh and the indigenous knowledge and indigenous peoples of Canada are taken into account in decision making. Ah, let's get to the good one here. And whereas the government of Canada is committed to assessing how groups of women, men, and gender diverse people may experience policies, programs, and projects, and to ta taking actions that contribute to an inclusive and democratic society and allow all Canadians to participate fully in all spheres. What in the name of sweet holy hell does that even mean? But let's just go here. When they're talking about what the factors are to consider here, the impact assessment of a designated project, whether this is section 22.1, whether it is conducted by the agency or a review panel, must take into consideration the following factors. Scroll down to S. The intersection of sex and gender with other identity factors. What in the name of sweet holy hell does that mean? Factors to consider. I mean, I don't even know exactly what process, what part of the process these were intended to apply to. Factors to consider. The commission must make its recommendation taking into account in light of, among other things, any indigenous knowledge that has been provided to the commission and scientific information and data. All considerations that appear to be relevant directly or to the pipeline, including the health and so social and economic effects, including with respect to the intersection of sex and gender with other identity factors. Congratulations, Justin Trudeau. You have made Canada a laughingstock of the world and understandably, predictably, and rightly so. The intersex of sex, I even forget what it was now, but I'm not pulling it back up. The intersection of sex and gender and other factors. Yeah, that, that should go into environmental impact of public police pro the court struck it down. The court struck it down and you still have partisan MSM political hacks like Dale Smith, journal underscore Dale, saying, well, it's the better part of the pipeline is still constitutional. This is a victory for Justin Trudeau. It's not a humiliating defeat. Slapping gender identity issues in impact assessment acts and, and it gets laughed out of court. I mean, this was five to two, so there was actually a two dissenters in there. I'm sure they said, yeah, it's very important when, in, when assessing the environmental impact, you have to take in people's sociological, um, psychotropic um, uh, environments as to whether or not their gender identity is being recognized by pipeline projects. Do we have enough trans oil workers? That's, if you don't have at least 10% trans oil workers, we are going to shut this project down. And Dale Smith and other hacks out there say, this hasn't impacted one project. Yeah, it probably hasn't impacted one project because nobody in their right mind would invest when that is the criteria for determining whether or not a project is going to get authorized by the commission. So good on the courts. Good for Justin Trudeau. You've made Canada a laughingstock. I hope you have a long, healthy life so you can see the way history laughs at you and assesses the disastrous impact you have made on Canada. As they say in 300, may you live forever in the actual literal sense so you can see people laugh at you and spit on the legacy that you have left on Canada, the damage that you have done, which will last for generations, if, if it can ever be remedied. Oh. But speaking of people who are also, you know, 
laughable in the saddest senses. Uh, this, I would do, let's, do, let's do a test out there, chat. Nikki, uh, her name is Nilly Kaplan Mirth. It's Nilly KM on Twitter. I, everyone in the chat, go see if you're blocked, if you're preemptively blocked by someone who you, if you have never even interacted with, go see if you're preemptively blocked by Nilly KM on Twitter. I guarantee you, many of you out there are going to say, I'm blocked by Nilly and I don't even know who this person is. Nilly KM is a pediat- is a doctor. She's a doctor. I don't know if she's a pediatrician. She's a practicing doctor. She's also what we would call a mask fascist, or we would call a maskist, a fascist maskist, who believes, I don't know how many times she's been jabbed. She literally wears double masks. She literally berates everybody who doesn't wear a mask. Um, she has me blocked on Twitter, but I got my... Um, I got my I got my moles on Twitter and also you know alternate accounts so I can still see people. Not I, I mean I'm transparent about having an alternate account so I can see these tweets. Nilly Kaplan I don't know how many times she's been boosted but multiple times walks around wearing a mask. She's had COVID and announces it like if you've been seven times jabbed and you get COVID twice in a month, you should be ashamed of yourself to some extent because clearly whatever the hell you're doing is not working. But not only not ashamed, she goes on to Twitter to blame it on other people. Nilly Kaplan, damn it, it has been one month since last infection. To nitwits out there who say, uh, quote, aha, so masks don't work, end quote. Masks work. Meetings, groups of unmasked people put those of us being responsible at risk. 500 patients coming for COVID-19 vaccine and flu shots next week. Hashtag mask up. And she then replied to her own tweet with this and doesn't understand. Not medical advice, people. Symptoms are worse this infection than last month. I've been off work for the last three days. Staff is asking what's the likelihood that I'll be able to return to work on Monday. Slim to no chance. This is what happens when people do not care about making others sick. Can't even finish a sentence or make any sense. Can't even contemplate the reality that maybe, maybe everything that you're doing to, in your own twisted, demented mind, to avoid a certain outcome is actually exponentially increasing the likelihood of that outcome occurring. Don't ask questions. It's everybody else's fault. It's the non-maskers. The masks work so well that despite her two masks everywhere, maybe it's because she took her mask off during that gay pride parade, which she did. Maybe she should go blame the gay pride parade. Anyone ever thought, you know what, now that I thought about that, I'm going to... uh, I'm going to go float that idea on the interwebs after the stream. Uh, but that's not the last of the um, humiliation coming out of Canada. Listen to this. The world, the world is on fire. Uh, and people, people can't call terrorism terrorism. You say that there's, there's black and white in the world in some circumstances. And then there could be a gray zone as to what the response to the black and the white of the world is. It, it, one can... Uh, have a differing opinion on what the proper, correct, humane response is for Israel under such circumstances. But there can be no relativizing to say that what occurred a week and two days ago was anything other than the most um, atrocious atrocity imaginable. there, There can be no black and white on that. Someone can say, and you can look for explanations as to how things have occurred, and people need to be sensitive not to confound explanations with justifications. Um, that being said, 
when we cannot call terrorism terrorism and when state-funded media is actually circulating internal memos um we've got a problem when they're saying and this is cbc this is from the national post i didn't get a response to my tweet from the the guy who issued this memo this is from national post cbc tells journalists to not call hamas quote terrorists in leaked memo don't you don't want to uh you don't want to call terrorism terrorism even directive says that even when quoting others quote we should add context to ensure the audience understands this is opinion and not fact this is from the c this is from the cbc leaked memo quote do not refer to militants soldiers or anyone else as terrorists end quote the memo states emphasizing quote do not end quote with bold type quote the notion of terrorism remains heavily politicized and is not part of the story even even when quoting clipping a government or a source referring to fighters as quote terrorists end quote we should add context to ensure the audience understands this is opinion not fact this includes statements from Canadian government and Canadian politicians. It's a, it's a matter of opinion as to whether or not killing children and women and raping women is terrible. It's a matter of opinion. It's not a matter of fact. Because if you ask the people who don't want to call it terrorism, well, they'll say even those children in occupied territories, they're legitimate military targets. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, not, that's, that's not moral relativism to the black hole of depravity. That's CBC. All right, and I, and I tweeted out at the, uh, the guy who issued that memo. Is this for real? Tell me this isn't for real. As far as I know, I haven't gotten a response. That's the absolute state of Canadian media. It's a matter of opinion whether or not killing women, children, and civilians is terrorism. It's not a matter of opinion. It's literally the definition of terrorism. And you can call Hamas a terrorist group, and you can call that terrorism, and nonetheless have moral qualms with Israel's response as to whether or not it's, whether or not it itself also qualifies as some form of a war crime. But no, we're living in a world where can't even do that. Can't even do that. That is that is CBC. Defund the CBC. Don't cancel them. They will cancel themselves because no one will pay for that shit. If they weren't surviving off our taxpayer dollars, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't include myself in that anymore. If they, if they couldn't survive off, let me rephrase, if they didn't get taxpayer dollars, they would not survive off their own merits. They should be shunned. They should be mocked. They should be humiliated. They should be, they should be demonized because they are literally acting like demons. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 we, it's, it's not part of the story. I'm sorry, by you not making it part of the story, you're making it part of the story. By saying it's not part of the story, you are interjecting yourself in the news. The Canadian government recognizes Hamas as a terrorist group. For you, CBC, to say it's a matter of opinion and to say it's not part of the story, you, CBC, are making yourselves part of the story. Defund the bloody CBC. They actually, in a meaningful, in a meaningful way, support and condone terrorism by refusing to call terrorism terrorism. All right, and I think that might be um, getting close to the end of it. We got one more. We got one more. Uh, hold on. I feel like we've seen this. Oh, yeah, no, no. This was, um, okay, this was the, the, the bill. 
This was going back to Bill C69. <laughs> All right. That's a lot. One last story, people, before we head on over to Locals and have the Locals after stream pate where I see some tips that I will get to there. Here. Boom shakalaka. There we go. Yes, sir. Julie Kelly seems to have posted. Hold on a second. I see tweets here. Okay. Uh, I was going to go to Rumble and just see. Uh, are we? Takeshi69 got arrested. Yeah, we got. I don't care about Takeshi69. All right. Last story of the day. When they, what you know as a predictive method, when liars tell you something and they are, what is the word? Not pathological liars, they are habitual liars. Like liars, as in they will tell you things that are not true. Like, I've never discussed my son's business dealings with him. Lie. I've never been in business with my son. Lie. The Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. Lie. When habitual liars tell you something, you can pretty much predict it's a lie. Now, I talked about it briefly yesterday, and I just want to remind everybody. Oh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't get, don't get, oh. Well, what I, yeah. the POTUS administration is saying that, I, 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 I went over this yesterday, but no specific evidence that Iran was involved in the Hamas attack. Kirby, John Kirby, comes out and says, you know, they are in general, culpable for supporting terrorism because Iran finances Hamas. But we don't have any specific evidence that they knew of, partook in, financed this specific, well-orchestrated um, terrorist attack. They are lying. And I'm telling you now, it's going to come out that they are wrong and that they knew that what they were saying was wrong when they said it because they said it before. Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. They even had their intelligence come out and say it. Their intelligence. R remember this and never, never let it be forgotten. Intelligence who knew that the Hunter Biden laptop story was true and accurate at the time they said this came out and said it bears the uh, earmarks or the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. 50 former intelligence officials signed a letter casting doubt on the provenance of the New York Post They knew it was accurate and true and authentic at the time that they lied to us. When your current and former intelligence lie to you, when your president lies to you over and over and over again and gets caught over and over and over again, and then they, let me just see, I want to get the, here we go. More than 50 senior intelligence officers signed a letter outlining their belief that the recent disclosure of emails allegedly belonging to Joe Biden's son, quote, has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. And you'll notice how it's a lie without being a lie. Because they might be right. Yeah, it has all the earmarks of Russian information operation. Because disinformation, information operations kind of look the same. So it's not a lie. It has the earmarks of Russian information operation, except it's true. We know that it's true, and we know that it's true as we are casting doubt on whether or not it's true. And now you have John Kirby, habitual liar, of the Joe Biden administration, habitual liar, press secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, habitual liar, telling you something, and I'm predicting that they knew, know, or have evidence of direct involvement. And that's not because I know anything other than the fact that the people who are telling me this are habitual liars. And therefore I'm predicting that this too is a habitual lie. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Okay, so we got... Um, that's it. 
we've done it. People, I dare say we've done it all. Judge to consider gag order. Oh, from the New York Times? Eh, who cares? We've done this. So, everybody, with that said, thank you all for being here. Uh, let me refresh in our... Ooh, if I have refreshed there. Hold on one second. So, on Friday, by the way, I don't know the time yet, but I'm going to have um, an interview with the CEO of a company called Public Square, uh, Chris Seifert. I hope I didn't make a mistake on his first name. I remember his last name because I spelt it correctly. Let me just make sure. It's coming Friday. It's going to be in the morning. Just have to, just have to hammer down the TAM. Um, let me see here. Oh, it's Michael Seifert. Sorry, not Chris Seifert. Chris was, I'm thinking of Chris Sky, who I was wanting to interview as well. Michael Seifert, CEO of Public Square, an interesting company that is congregating like-minded businesses on a website so that you can shop and spend your money with companies that you uh, ideologically either are aligned with or whom do not engage in this bullshit cancel culture uh, boycotting of advertising. So it's a great company. It's going to be an interesting... I have no relation to it yet other than the fact that I met um, Michael at the TimCast event and it was we were talking. I was like, this is amazing stuff that you're doing. Wednesday, there might be something interesting. I don't know if I can confirm it yet, so stay tuned. Um, and that is all. I'll be live tomorrow because Poopoo's going to continue hitting the fan because we're living in a world of endless, endless crap. Oh, see, awesome. Public Square is great, says Corona Macabre. There's vivabarnslaw.locals.com. Uh, no, oh, and no bones to you, says you also save a lot of money this way. No, I, I was at Walgreens yesterday. And I was going to buy Emergency, the, 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 those citric packet things with a minute. I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's right. Pfizer owns them. I know this now. I'm going to buy the generic version. Now, someone's going to ruin this for me and say, well, Walgreens is owned by a company that also does crap. I don't know, man. At some point, I'm not into boycotting, but I most certainly am into voting with my feet and voting with my dollar, as I will continue to do. Honor234 says, great show. I like hearing that because I'm very insecure and I have lost the ability to self-assess. Now, with that said, we are going to go because I've got children that I can hear screaming. Uh, they want to play. I've got, we've got it. We're going to do the locals thing. So get on, get your butts on over to local, but stay tuned, people. I'll be live tomorrow. Thank you all for being here. Uh, clips are on Viva Clips. Um, the podcast is on Viva Barnes Law for the People on Podbean, Stitcher, all over there. Yesterday's stream is up uh, with audio. So that's it. Oh, yeah, people. Go. I bought Electro, an Electrolux vacuum bags and filter 25 bucks off. I grew up, my mother had Electrolux vacuum cleaners. I remember that. Walgreens sucks. Well, there you go. Someone just ruined it. See, it says second shade. All right. Come over to Locals. We're going to end on Rumble. If you want to support the channel, vivabarnslaw.locals.com. I forgot to plug the merch, but you know what to do. Vivafry.com if you want to get the best merch on earth. Vivafry.com. V-I-V-A. F-R-E-I.com, vivabarnslaw.locals.com. Ending it. That's it. Enough rambling. Ending on Rumble. Thank you all for being here. Come on over to Locals. See you all on Locals in 3, 2, 1. Did I do it? Did I just shut down the whole stream? Hold on. What did I do? I say. Okay, no, I did it right. Okay, hold on. Am I still good here? I still see myself. And... Are we good here? Are we good, peeps? Question mark. Are we good, peeps? Hello, hello. Yeah, we have had Kirby for 25 years. Still works great. Still here we are. Good. Uh, critical thoughts says Viva. Alison Morrow is going to the Wise Traditions Conference. Would you mind reaching out 
to her with advice about your Viva on the streets. Dude, yeah, um, Allison's got my number. We, we text all the time. I'll see what she's doing. Um, especially any technical details that you can offer to help her conduct successful live interviews in a busy environment. Absolutely, I will text her. Good X go. Been on Locals the whole time. It's nice to be able to watch start to finish with no screwing around. You're good, by the way, says Big Bad Teddy. Finboy Slick, that look when Viva switches to Locals and makes a face like somehow someone just stank up the whole room. No, I just think like, did I just shut the entire stream down? Papa, oh, hold on a second. Papa Liglio, Papa Liglio by Siguros, the best song to stick in your ears and vibe out amazing. Well, hold on just one second. I know I know it because I've got pretty much every album. Um, yeah, I've got this. Okay, hold on a second. Let's, let's bring this up just for two seconds. I'm not going to play the whole thing. I, not a question of copyright infringement, just a question of respecting the artist. Let's go here. Sigur you see, I have this album. Let's hear this one. Which one is this? Field of Greens. Getting indirect advertisement. Okay, let's see here. Oh. oh my goodness. Can you see the goosebumps? Hold on. Get this out of here. Can you see the goosebumps before they go away? Seagull Rose, like, I, they, they, you know, they always say, don't meet your heroes. If I met Seagull Rose and they were ugly people, like bad people, I would be devastated. I, to me, it's inconceivable that with the music they make, they could be anything less than near-perfect human beings. I say that jokingly, knowing that nobody is perfect. All humans have foibles. Um, okay, I'm going to go listen to that afterwards. If we're talking music, are you familiar with Rat Tat Tat, Viva Finboy Slick? I am not. Huh, okay. It's like 10 minutes long. You can just listen to it. I don't know. No, I will Mel, Mel I'm gonna, or that is Mel VS. I'm going to look, I'm going to listen to the entire thing afterwards. Okay, let's get the tips out of here. Let's do this. We've got Bill Brown sent a $1 tip. Well, if they were outside and not constantly warmed, the eggs would have been frozen. It was cold. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, and even still, like, an, a, 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 like a, a raw egg still hurts. Remember, when we were kids and we egged cars. It wasn't funny for the people in the car. Uh, and that's going back to the frozen eggs of Zexy Lee. Sounds a lot like the little freak <laughs> is just following the trends of the most depraved parts of society. And people cheer him on the wackier it gets, truly sad. And I presume that is about Dylan Mulvaney. Bill Brown, thank you very much. Bill Brown. Oh, look at this. Put all these crooks behind bars. But look at the nose of that pig. That's not the pig. That's a cow. That looks like a, almost like a West Highland cow. I was at... Um, Strawberry girls you pick over the weekend. And I was picking noses of pigs and, and, and goats and cats. They, they have the nicest, like, it's like velvet on the inside of their nose. Uh, and as I'm looking at Bill Brown's uh, cow, whatever that is. Bill Brown, that's just it, Viva. Nobody will laugh at him because he's not alone. And a lot of world leaders keep doubling down with that clown. That's Bill Brown. Bill Brown says, our leaders have funded it all for decades now. That's what they don't want us talking about. We're going to talk about it. It's crazy. I'm like, I'm, I'm only now appreciating it. 
Like, has it, there have there always been? I remember people talking about, uh, say, not 9/11 being an inside job, but 9/11 being allowed to occur in some form, whether or not the scope and depth of it would have been predictable or predicted. But you know, key bono. Um, the administrative state, the military-industrial complex. I remember people at the time saying, like, above and beyond the more out there conspiracies, like, uh, you know, it, the, the, I don't know, thermite. I mean, I know these things, I don't even want to call them, like, out there, because who the hell knows anymore? Thermite on the, you know, like, people went in and attached thermite and blew the buildings up. Okay. Or it just happened that way, but, you know, people weren't, or were turning a blind eye to, people going to Florida uh, flight schools and saying, I don't want to learn how to take off or land. I just want to learn how to fly in the air. Bing, 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 red flag. But I remember people at the time questioning things and saying, this is how the cycle works. And they, I, I think I remember them being written off as kooks and quacks. I, I'm there now. I, I'm there. When you understand, like, I, whatever you've, like, okay, that Netanyahu might have been financing Hamas to use them as a tool to fight the PLO. Yeah, that sounds a lot like how the U.S. was financing and funding Osama bin Laden to use him to fight the Russians. And then the enemy of your enemy, once they've defeated their enemy, just becomes your enemy. And so the idea that Netanyahu might have been financing Hamas, okay, that explains how things have come to be what they are, but that doesn't mean that Hamas is not a terrorist group. That... But the idea that this cycle just happens over and over again, mutatis mutandis, you know, with, with the Mujahideen, with Osama bin Laden, with, you know, going into Afghanistan, bombing the ever-loving crap out of a country, reducing it to rubble. Oh, that's great. You, you, you just took out the Taliban, but who replaces them? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. If, I forget which one replaced which. And then you talk about, like, how the U.S. financed, funded, and armed what are now designated terrorist groups. They're like, holy crap, we're looking at it happen in real time. Is it by accident or is it by design? It can't be by accident. There's nobody who looked at the withdrawal from Afghanistan and said it's anything other than a criminal, negligent uh, debacle of a withdrawal that has now left, uh, some people said $70 billion. I, I only saw $7 billion. And I don't want to, you know, if, I, if, I, if I'm wrong on the low end, I'll, I'll, you know, no one's going to accuse me of lying to deceive. Um, I saw seven billion, and but then other people were like, no, it was seventy billion, and, I, and then I, I still saw the source that said seven billion. You abandoned seven billion dollars worth of, or even you know, billions of dollars of weaponry in the hands of terrorists. You send billions and billions of dollars of weapons to Ukraine, anywhere from thirty to seventy percent of which doesn't make it to the front lines. Well, where the hell does it go? It doesn't get melted down and turned into turned into lockets and keychains of love. And then you talk about Netanyahu financing funding Hamas to use it as a tool to fight the PLO. Obama, not Obama, sorry. Well, Obama, you know, sending money to Iran. Biden unfreezing billions for Iran. Uh, oh, oh uh, what's his name? Biden using third-party NGOs to do indirectly that which they can't do directly, exactly like they did in Wuhan, China, through Fauci and uh, whatever that, 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 that alliance, uh, the, the health alliance. I mean, it's fucking, I'm sorry, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it keeps happening. And now I'm one of the kooks saying, my goodness, this is how it is now. 
This is how I now understand it was with Iraq. This is probably how it always was. And what happens? The more they screw up, the more power they give themselves to, to deal with the consequences of the screw up. It's, it's insanity. Eco Alliance, Eco Health Alliance, thank you. Peter Drock. And then Critical Thoughts Muj- says Mujahideen, Taliban, ISIS, etc. Yep. And that was Critical Thought also. Drajak, Drajak. Scud hit the Pentagon, Bush hits the towers. Oh, cripe. I mean, it's like, I, 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 the only video evidence that we have of a plane hitting the Pentagon are three frames in which you see no plane. Finboy Slick says, Viva, keep this link for later. It's great. It's a great soundtrack to your life instrument vibe guaranteed to improve your mood. Let's see who this is. Am I going to know this? Let's see this. Let's see this. Who is it? Well, I got to get through the ad. I'm seeing a StreamYard ad. Don't need the ad. Skip it. Oh, rat-tat-tat. Abrasive. Oh, I just... Okay, well, whatever. I, 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 I missed it. But I'm going I'm to keep it up in the back. I'm going to read it. I'm going to listen to it afterwards. Rat-tat-tat. Um, keep your physical media. I shaved my end-of-the-world beard but still have freedom, fro. This is critical thought. Okay, so we got Giocondo. Giocondo says, Viva, you were asking about this quote, will no one rid me of this turbulent priest? Okay. Also expressed this troublesome priest or meddlesome priest is a quote attributed to Henry II of England preceding the death of Thomas Becket, the Archbishop of Canterbury in 1170. Interesting. See, that's interesting. So I presume someone, someone, someone killed him because he said, well, someone kill someone get rid of this guy? It's not a direct threat. It's not a true and present threat under American law, but the dog whistle was heard, I guess. Um, yeah, so that's that. Now I did have something in the background. Hold on, let me let's just go see what's going on on um, Twitter. Let's see if there's any news here. Seven notifications. Uh, I want to see if they're going to use the clip that I posted of Zexy Lee. I, I, I presume the, the cross, the, the defendants had that, but let's just see. Uh, uh, yeah, I can bring this up here. Hold on. Let's just see what's um, in real time. Twitter is the diary of my life. So we did it, found the clip of Zexy Lee. And um, let's see here. So if we go here. In regards to the Trump case segment, the phrase will no. Oh, here. Okay. Well, we just got that, Rebecca. Can you describe what you meant by the egg throwing? Well, you know, okay, fine. That's premeditated chicken murder. Okay, so that's funny. So that, it looks like the, it's, it's gaining a little bit of traction. I have no doubt it will make its way to the eyes of, um, oh, what's the guy, what's the defendant's uh, lawyer's name? Ah, whatever. I forget his name now. <sighs> Other than that, everybody, how, uh, how was the theater? So I access Drazek. Oh, hold on, have we lost? Has the chat frozen here? Let me let me refresh this and see what the uh, latest is. Uh, chat seems like it might be frozen because I. Oh no, there we go. Mel VS says I just joined X a week ago. I don't even know how the heck it works. Retweeting, commenting on a tweet, etc. Mel VS, you'll have to learn the Twitter etiquette. Uh, apparently it's called dogpiling when you quote tweet somebody because you try to get your crowd on them. Whereas it's much more polite to only reply to them because then, 
only their crowd sees it, except for the people who follow you and your replies. But um, I've, I've started replying and quote tweeting so I can reach two different markets. But you'll see there's a bunch of etiquettes. And it's, you have to, if you, general etiquette, tag someone if you're going to insult them or criticize them. Uh, it's cowardly to talk badly about someone without tagging them because they don't know you're doing it. Finboy Slicks was, we were just quietly taking in your indignation of Ms. Lee. Oh, she, she, just, she looks like she's loving it. It's like she's just like loving being the center of attention, but that's just to impute motives. Um, chat and the video are not in sync, says Paracleric. I am still banned on X, says Coach Way Kid. Astral Doge Place says just avoid Harry Sisson and those folks on X Twitter. Oh, Harry Sisson, Krasenstein, the Krasenstein brothers. There's a, there's a number of people. It's crazy. Like we don't appreciate how many people are actually paid um, to post. Sisson, Krasenstein's, uh, Brooklyn Defiance. I mean, there's, there's accounts that are paid to tweet the rubbish, the partisan hackery that they, pay, that they tweet. I don't, I don't know how much, how much you could possibly get paid to forsake your soul. Hyphen says, my hobby. Is that a digital kit? Yes, it is a digital kit. That looks oddly like the one I have, but much more, much more better. Hold on. Dude, I'm looking. Make America great again. I see the hat. The guitars in the back are amazing. Your house is immaculately clean. Things are in order. You have delicate things on structures where delicate things would otherwise be on the ground, like on the side here. I'm looking at the picture from um, from Hyphen. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a beautiful drum set, man. I I, I want to learn how to do it. All right, we got. Um, <laughs> Critical Thought says, don't say anything controversial or you will be suspended like me and many others. I'm actually kind of impressed that I've never been... I got locked out of my account for the um, Paul Pelosi story, but that was only for 24 hours. I'm surprised I haven't gotten into trouble. Dill... Oh, Devil Dog Mom says, just know that we are here for you, Viva. It is a symbiotic relationship. I'm here for you, you're here for me, and I like the way... I love the way this all works. It's, I mean, I tell you, it's been therapeutic, but it's also just been informative. It's been amazing having a community to rely on in terms of accurate information, correcting me when I'm wrong, keeping me grounded. Not that I would ever have a problem with that. Um, Coach Waykid says, it's nice to hear from a Canadian, eh? I'm from New Brunswick. Is that New Brunswick Maritimes or New Brunswick, New Jersey? Hey, Viva, badge... Uh, oh, hold on a second. What did that Badge of honor to be blocked, right? Oh, gosh. I take... Check this out. Oh, no, I can't do that here. So on my phone, watch this. My daughter told me that there's a method to go to pictures. How do you do this? No, no, don't do that. There was a way to go to pictures and search. Yeah, so like this. Hold on, close. So apparently if you go into pictures, yeah, look at this. You can search for the word blocked. Okay, here we go. Look at this. Okay, I just, this I was going to post, but I was a little nervous. There might have been some pictures in there that might put pe- When I go blocked, dude, that's, not, that's my entire selection. All right, here we go. Look at this. Blocked. I got a lot of blocked. I consider it a badge of honor. Because my daughter asked me who the, who the best block I have is, and she seems to think it's pink, but I think it's Mehdi Hassan. Blocked by Talib Nur Muhammad, a Canadian politician, Steve Ricketts, I don't know who that is, Kassam Rashid Esquire, Digital Slime, Joel Harden, that was a good one, hard earned, um, Carrie MRV, Sherry DeNovo, Mehdi Hassan. Dude, I'm blocked by so many people. 
Tom Nichols, Patrick Chauvin. I don't even know how half these people are. Uh, Pudge, what would you like? Okay, whatever. Uh, but yeah, you know, you, you tell the truth too much, you'll get blocked. Uh, you've made many an enemy, says Mel IVS. Oh yeah, dude. Maritimes now in North Carolina, USA. Booyah, my dog is sniffing some of my laundry that's on the floor. So that's it. Uh, let me see, I did have something else back in the window here. It was an article about Iran threatens Israel. Why did I have this up? Share. There was a reason why I brought this up. I think it was because Kirby was in it. Yeah, yeah, so that's it. It was because it was um, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says that Iran has broad complicity in terrorism in general, but not, not in this particular case. Trust us, we're lying. Going to hell in a handbasket. All right. Dylan Mulvaney wins Woman of the Year. This was from uh, Pink News. Yeah. Gen- I genuinely feel bad for Mulvaney because one day this, you know, uh, anyway, I don't know. I feel bad for people who don't even feel bad for themselves. And that, I'm told, is called hot empathy. Oh, well, while we're here, actually, this is one I brought up. This was a Meet Zexy Lee from the CBC. The, 22-year-old, the 21-year-old Ottawa woman behind the injunction that silenced the hogging. When is this from? Oh, she's here. February 2022. I just want to know if she has any foreign ties on the one hand, asking the question out loud. And it's quite clear that she has partisan political ties. She works for the freaking government that is persecuting and prosecuting. Tamara Leach and Chris Barber. I mean, what, what, what more of an ideological conflict could you possibly have? Okay, that's it. All right, before we end it, let's just go to the chat here and see what we're missing. So um, in the chat, badges of honor, I don't need no badges of honor. Badges, badges. We don't need no stinking badges. Okay, what do we got here? I posted the link earlier and this is YouTube. Let me see what this is. Okay, I got that one back here. Oh, I got history reactions back there. I want to, I want to see that. Let me just do one quick thing. That is um, a piece that I played in a concert that I won, the Concours Vincent Dandy. It's Bach, and I forget exactly which one it is. I just remember that was the piece I won the year that I played. That, that was the piece I played the year that I won. Okay, we're just going to go ahead and do this now. All right, we're good. Uh, all right, people. Okay, now I hear a child. What was I doing here? I got distracted. I was going to go see what that link was. Okay, and that's the music. So I'm going to keep that in the background, in the backdrop. Let me see if there's any questions we're going to get to before we leave. Auntly says, government are instituted among men to protect our rights. Globalists are threatening our rights. Our government seems to be, seems to side with the globalists. Tsaliar Tsila says, can locals pin current live at the top? Hopefully it'll work better for finding it quickly. That's a good question. You can come in. Uh, that's a good question. Okay, the kids are, they're banging something against the wall. Bah, oh dude, did you actually get it? Bach 14.5a. That was great. It was great. I have fat little pudgy fingers, but I could play Bach very well. 
All right. You know what? Maybe as a, something of a locals exclusive, I should relearn a childhood piece and play it beginning to end. That, I'm, that might help me get into a better place psychologically. Um, and I'm just reading Scuba Jim in the chat says, uh, well, the, in the comment section, she is unsafe talking about Lexi Lee because the truckers had a different point of view and she must be a recent uni student who feels unsafe when someone peaceable disagrees with her political views. Oh, dude, it, it's nuts. Anyhow, so this was great. I've got the network of people everywhere that I can't be who can cover the trials that I cannot cover. Uh, this is Pasha Moyer says, Viva Hooray, I thought you wouldn't be streaming today. This is one of those times I'm glad to be wrong, like the other time when I thought I had made a mistake, but it turned out I had not. <laughs> and then we got uh, Coach Waykid says, Viva, wait till you find out 9-11 that the plane that went down in Pennsylvania was not taken over but shot down by the U.S. military. Coach Waykid, I don't want to talk to tell who I was having this black pill doom pill discussion with i never appreciated that until i saw the documentary what documentary was it where they were strongly suggesting that dick cheney ordered the plane to be shot down dude i understand that not that it's true but that it's possibly one of the blackest doom pills that you'll ever have to swallow and and what makes it not more plausible but like what makes it you know more believable is how quickly they came out with the movie united 93 uh you know to, the, everyone on that plane it was a hero regardless i mean it's, it's i don't know how you'd uh, you'll get upset thinking about it but to portray them as having you know to come out with that uh, movie that quickly to tell you that narrative so that everyone's you know the victims the family friends of the people on that plane uh, could live with that as opposed to the very real prospect that Dick Cheney might have potentially very well ordered the plane to be shot down. And I, I mean, at the end of the day, that the out the that go, that plane's going down, you know, after it's been taken over by by hijackers, one way or the other, m- from a consequentialist perspective of minimizing loss of life. Anyhow, yeah, no, the, the dude, I've, there's some. Hyphen says, 1215, perhaps we need to remind judges of the Magna Carta. And then we got Mel IVS says, I don't have the mental capacity to go down that rabbit hole of 9-11. Building 7 coming down four hours. I mean, it's just, it's just the way, it's just crazy. And, and then the documentaries, the one that I saw, a very short one, starts off. It had never happened ever before until 9-11. Never had a skyscraper cement structure collapsed until 9-11. And you know that one in, in the UK that burned for 24 hours and still never collapsed? Didn't happen there for some reason. All right, with that uh, degree of skepticism, once you hit that threshold where it makes the world make sense, it gets better, but it's going there, but it's getting there that is difficult, says Finboy Slick in response to not wanting to go down the, mem- the uh, rabbit hole for Mel IVS. Okay, that's it. Now what we're going to do is I'm going to end and just go you know, see what, the, see what the family's up to. Thank you all for being here. So stay tuned tomorrow. And... Um, Stay tuned for good stuff this week. It's going to be fun. We're going to have some good guests. And if nothing else, the world will keep spinning and the poo-poo will keep hitting the proverbial fan. So we'll have what to talk about, what to analyze. So go sunlight, fresh air, get exercise, and I will see you on the Flipmeister, dude, people. Peeps, I'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy the day.